Talk Radio. We're having a good old-fashioned radio show tonight. No visuals, nothing for you to look at. Just things to go into your ears. Words, music, sounds and silences. 0344 499 is the telephone number. The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio is back. A differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. Ian Lee, on air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Thank you, James. Thank you, Ash. This is Ian Lee. Uh, the Late Night Alternative is the uh, show we have, the title of the show that we have come up with. Don't worry, guys, I've not forgotten fireworks. There'll be fireworks soon up on the roof. Trust me. Catherine is in the studio with me. Good evening. Wait up. Uh, 11 o'clock, we're going to be speaking to the producer behind Naked and Afraid. Don't worry, guys, I know everybody has got the N and A bug as much as we have. Um, and when we just watched an episode before the show, it was probably the worst episode we've ever seen. But it was still brilliant. It was still the most exciting thing uh, on television. Unlike... Now, I'm, I'm on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. And a long time ago, I was on Amazon Prime. And um, then I found a way you can blag a free, free month off of them. If, uh, so I blagged six months off. Them, and I, I just didn't renew it. And um, they had a little, uh, a little deal pop up. Because I use Amazon from time to time. And it's normally 79 quid a year, but then it was reduced to 59 quid. All right. I'm in for 59 quid. 59 quid, I can get rid of. I'm in. So you get next day delivery and access to all these movies and TV programmes. But boy, oh boy, in the three days since I've signed up, I have really struggled to find any movies or TV shows worth watching on that channel. It is poor and and it's saying it's worse than netflix that's really saying something i found myself last night when i went home i couldn't sleep i went home and i watched um the worst film i have ever seen in my life you've seen some i've seen some real stinkers it was um it's will ferrell will ferrell and i like will ferrell it took me a while to realize i like him Mm -hmm. but i do don't like anchorman i think that that's terrible but i like his kind of sports he does sports movies um and i enjoy them and i thought well it'll be it'll be worth something watching this will ferrell film it's called get hard Ah. and it was awful it was unfunny it was racist and every it's all about getting um men getting raped in prison now you know it it just feels like such an old-fashioned okay you're doing a film about a uh, you know a guy a fish out of water going to prison go on i'll let you have one rape joke i'll let you have one in inverted commas rape joke right okay right but the whole film was when you get in prison and that's just the first guy oh and my. it's and it was just constantly and then it was it, he's a white he's a rich white guy and um he employs a, a, a young poor black man to educate him as to what life in prison will be like and it, it uh, uh, so what this is before he goes in he's yeah he's training yeah 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 he's training he plays a plays a black guy to um uh, a comedian called kevin hart who i've never heard of before right. but it's tiny and i'm sure he's great um, and it's the M word pops on there. It felt like, um, it felt 
like something from the late 70s. I think America is behind us on the race thing, and that is saying something. No, yeah. no, I don't think so. I, it's, ter- a, it's a massive deal over there, isn't it? Well, you know, you saw how offended Keith and the girl got when I said Chinaman. Mm-hmm. So, you could cut the atmosphere with a knife after I said that. Keith looked at me and said, there was a silence, literally about five seconds. Yeah, you can see that. No. When I said um, black cab driver, there was a there was a sharp intake of breath, yeah. as though I was talking about black. But you, well, you can't even say black people. And yet, every taxi driver shown on television in America has got a really strong pseudo Pakistani yeah, accent, hasn't it? Yeah. So I I watched that film, and I, I don't. I mean, I watched it, and then I watched the, the end of it today, and it was just, oh, it was. Awful. Absolutely awful. There's nothing on Amazon Prime unless they're advertising with us, in which case, man alive, I really it's recommend you, you you go in there. But I, I just... There's a phone call. Let's take this. Yes, line one. Oh, hang on. Um, line one, you're on the wireless. Good evening, Ian. Ah, Philip, I set, up, I set up the bat signal by talking about television. Naked and afraid. Yes. I've watched a couple of shows of it. It's good, isn't it? Well, I think if we, I must be honest, I'm a bit cynical, really, oh. having, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, oh. you see. what do you mean, like shagging wa- and stuff? I watched the, well, I watched the <laughs> one where they were on the island on Fiji, have you seen that one? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and also the one, I think it is in Brazil, where they're on sand dunes. Okay, what, 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 what t- give us, come on, tell us what's cynical, and then I will, well, e- mean, then I will the email thing. you a photograph of the producer's foot after he got bitten by a snake, and you can see oh, his right. bones. Oh. Oh, well, I'm weird, weird. But the thing is, Ian, I mean, maybe I've watched too much Armed Celebrity Get Me Out yeah, of it. Exactly. I've been to that. I've been to that rainforest. It's not a jungle, it's a rainforest. What, I'm a celebrity place. forest? Yes. Yeah, I've been there. It's, 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 it's like a theme park. I've been there. Yes. That's right. I know. We went on a day trip from... Uh, the thing from about the I'm a celebrity, right, it's in an enclosed environment. It even yeah. has a roof now. Remember the first series didn't have a roof. They put a roof there because people were complaining. Yeah. All of those rats in that task are bought from a pet store. It's all it's all fake. But yeah. but yeah, Naked and Afraid, I mean, I'm we, still talking, I'm, I'm talking, Naked and Afraid, they are really yeah. out there and they get sick. They get, we've seen them be rushed okay. off and, and, and be really ill. The one yeah, fella in one the other night got, got malaria. Oh, well, I've seen two, as I say, and uh, each one, I mean, the one I watched, the one on Fiji, was where, Fiji. where the guy got took off, and I think he lost about £17. Pounds. Right, so well, hang on, how can you be cynical about that? Well, I mean, where's the film crew, in? Where do they go? I mean, you, they the, film, the film crew are introduced right at the start of the show. There are three people that follow yeah. them around, and they are clothed, and they film them, yes. But you, yeah. they're, they're shown straight at the top of the show. And they're not allowed to intervene, are they? Yep. And also, the, I mean, the, um, they did in the, one of the ones I saw, I wasn't sure it was the Fiji one, yes. they gave them cameras themselves. Yes, yeah. they have cameras themselves. I think that's cheating, because they can use them for night vision. I think that's cheating, yes. Oh, is it? And also, because they're allowed to, they can choose, is it one thing to take with them? Yes. I mean, the, the, the Brazil one, I think it was Brazil with the dunes. Uh, this girl, she said her father had given her a magnifying glass. Oh. And she took a magnifying glass. What for? To look for clues? <laughs> No, 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 no. She kept burning things, because I think she was trying to cook things. Well, here's the thing. Some people take fire lighters, fire starters with them. These little sticks, these little metal things that click, and they they start a fire, which I think is cheating as well. Although, in in the one we just watched, a woman took a tin cup, and the fella took an axe. 
Oh, where was that? What, what part of camp? What, Namibia. 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 I can't, uh, thank you very much, Edmundo. I cannot, I will not tolerate any signs of... Uh, no dissent. No dissent, Philip. No dissent. Not after you've seen Stephen mm. Rankin's foot, for heaven's sake. I've had so many complaints from people about putting that picture up on Twitter. Mm. Um, and then I sent it to my mate Scott for a laugh. And he you sent... You mean Scott who's cried at the Babadook? Yeah. And he replied, what have you lost, Ash? No, 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 no. Well, you, you lost something. No, I, I wondered who that ghostly figure was. Carry on, like I'm not here. Okay, mate, I can't. There's a big ass in my face. <laughs> That's why I came in here. Thank you, man. Little booty call. Um, safe journey home, man. See you later. Ta-ta. Um, there was, um, yeah, so I sent it to Scott, and he sa- he replied, why did you send me that? And then later that day, like hours later, he went, I wish you hadn't sent me that picture. I can't stop thinking about it. I felt I did feel bad. So it's a really unpleasant pi- mm. picture, and there's some unpleasant pictures on the internet. But man alive, I tell you, that is um, that is particularly um, unpleasant. I'm not from. Well, I, I haven't seen any of this. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, is the phone number. It's slightly odd show tonight. It's Ed's last show, and we we will make comment towards that. And Ed will come in. You know, we're not going to do a big. Uh, that says your life. Um, but we'll, you know, we can come in and sit in the chat and tell us what he's up to next and stuff. Um, Love Island. Because right. Love Island was on about ten years ago, wasn't it? We like Paul Danan on. I like Paul Danan. He's, he's a good bloke. Yeah, nice, nice lad, Paul. He made a bit of a show of himself on that. Oh, he? of course he did. He, but, but I like Paul. I've got a lot of time for Paul Danan. He is. He, he's the thing. I don't know Paul Danan very well, but I know him a little bit. And every now and then, if he sees me a bit upset on Twitter or something, he'll just send me a text saying, do you want to meet for a coffee? Oh. He's, a, he's such a nice lad. Right, this is the thing. Yeah. He was at the sort of, the sharp end, the beginnings of this, the uh, kind of uh, reality TV yes. show, wasn't he? Yes. And he was also at that age where you act like a bit of a knobhead now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, unfortunately, yeah. he was green... <laughs> in the way he behaved in front of the cameras. He was encouraged to behave like that. Yeah, I know. I, 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 but, I, but the thing is, they've all learned the tricks now, haven't they? Here we go. This is what I think Paul... D- and I, 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 you know, Paul Denain should step away from those programmes and should um, get back into acting. He's not the greatest actor in the world, but he's a decent little actor. Get, go, uh, he probably is doing this. I don't know. I've not spoken to him for absolutely ages. Paul, if you're listening, may God bless you. you come on the show one night. You'd be very, very welcome. But you should get, get out there, do some acting. Yeah. Get out there, do get, go and do your, go and do your proper job, son. The, the job, the job you were born to do. Yeah. Oh, that's what you need to do. Um, but but because Love Island, I remember being a bit of a flop. Like ten years steady on Catherine. Well, I never said anything. Ten years ago, um, it, I think it ran for a couple of series, but it never really took yeah, off. Yeah, but that was before everyone started getting, you know, wasn't getting um, jiggy with it on telly. Now it's uh, wasn't, every five um, minutes. Who's that young lady? I nearly went out with her. Um, um, I can say some things that would make it obvious what I'm talking about, but I don't want to refer though. She's now an actor in America. Um, sorry. Abby Titmus. That's the fella. Um, she was on it, wasn't she, I think? I don't know. I like Abby Titmus. Really nice young... Again, another... And again, you, you, all these people you read about... I didn't nearly go out with her, but... Um, I, I sort of... She worked at a radio station, sort of as I was working there a bit, and we just got on quite well. All these people you read about and you think you know them, when you actually spend some time with them... She was like a really nice young lady who was embarrassed about all those those videos and all those things that came out. That felt terrible about it. Felt humiliated, um, and was just a bit lost. Was a, a lost soul. But now, the, there we go. The thing was as well in those days, you yep. get a phone call from the um, 
the pr- papers and they'd said, right, we're printing these. Yeah. So are you either on board and we'll give you some money for them yeah. or we print them anyway? Yeah. And I think there was a whole generation in sort of early 90s, early to mid 90s who got on board with it yes. and got carried along with it. And that's all they and that's all they were for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And you know what? You probably paid really well. Yeah. But, oh yeah. But yeah. the cost was their souls. Was their reputation, yes. you know. And actually they were all really young. I'm so glad that I was able to do all my stupid stuff privately before camera phones. She's um she's she's quite a successful actor now in America. Yeah. She does you know, T V and stuff over there. Good for her, because I think she's I you know, I thought she was absolutely delightful. Um I only met her a few times. Um but Love Island is back, right? And I've not seen it. Of course, I've not seen it, but it it's like, but it's in the papers all the time, and it seems to have been on for ages. Can you check that? It feels very hot in yeah. here, like hot air is coming out. It seems to have been on for absolutely ages, and I'm getting confused as to what's happening on the island. If someone, if you watch it, the program, dear listener, Love Island, could is is it is one on it's on one of the ITVs. Could you give me a call and let me know what it, what what is going on there? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, because I get confused. Because there's X on the beach. Oh, let's not even go there for a second. Let's focus but on one at, one at a time. One at a time. Because I'm confused as to what is happening on the island and then what happens on the hotel after they've been off the island. So, it, so here we go. Right. So this is this is in the this is in the episode, right? And everyone, it seems, is having full penetrative sexual intercourse on Love Island. That 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 seems to be where it's going. It's all under the duvet stuff, though. Well, this is the they got pictures here. Oh God! Love Island TV viewers witnessed Randy contestants having sofa sex. Now, I've had I've had I've had it on a sofa. I'm not going to lie to you. Referred to it as sofa sex. I didn't realise it had a name. As opposed to what? Bed sex? Kitchen table sex? Garage floor sex? Backseat of car sex? Making rude ones up in my head. You can fill in the blanks yourself. Just add sex to the end of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. You got the gag. As its most X-rated episode yet featured three couples... Romping last night. Two words, romping and randy and sofa sex. (laughs) Um, And there are pictures of it and they're all under um, the blanket on the sofa. Now, are these celebrities in it? Amber Davies, 20, Kem Setinay, 21, cheated on their reality show partners in the living room after confessing their love for each other. Wow, they've fallen in love on that show. That's great. When you fall in love, you've got to cherish that. And you've, if you're on a sofa, you have to have sofa sex. Instead of sofa surfing. I think it's similar. In another... It's like bodyboarding. In another explicit scene, Olivia Atwood, 26, performed a sex act... On Chris Hughes, 24 under the covers in their bedroom. Their mums and dads must be so So proud proud. of those kids. So proud. Our Chris is an actor. So proud of those kids. A sex actor. A (laughs) sactor. And fellow Islanders, Montana Brown, 21, and Alex Beattie, 22, got steamy in the private room called The Hideaway as ratings for the ITV2 show soar to record levels. And this is the thing. There's, there's things, the story in the paper the other day about Big Brother um, losing f- uh, viewers. And I don't know how true that is. I've not looked at the numbers. 
And that's because they're not having sex. Uh, 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 an argument, a massive... And there, there have been arguments on this Big Brother, apparently. A massive screaming argument f- charged full of f- the potential for physical um, aggravation and violence isn't enough now. It has to be penetration or blowjobs. It has to be. That, that's, that, we, we, Big Brother is, is partly responsible. It's pushed mm-hmm. the boundaries now. So they want full sex. In the olden days of Big Brother, where they, there was a couple that disappeared under a table once. Yep, yep. That was the closest you got. Yeah. And then the whole Kinga thing. But you didn't oh, see that. Ah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, We'll have a break and then we'll uh, we'll talk more about this. 0344 499 1000, the late night alternative on talk radio with me, Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and off the On talk radio. We have ways of making you talk. Gatford, do you watch um, Love Island? Get out. Oh. Things to do. But by, by the way, you say Scott doesn't like pictures of feet. Yeah, I've got some DMs to send in a minute. Hey. Hey. Um, no, I don't watch it. But th- this is all old news, isn't it? They've been doing this for years, where th- sex sells and all that on reality shows. Haven't they? No, 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 no. But they haven't. They, they, there's been there has been surprisingly little sex mm. on reality shows. This show, it would appear, is just there for that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's there's actually been very little sex on Big Brother. I know. I I used to have to watch it as a job, yeah. and and the very little sex. Occasionally, I remember, and I've not watched it for a couple of years on Big Brother, but I, I remember two two years ago, three years ago, there was excitement because it looked like someone might have been giving someone a blowjob mm. under a, under a duvet, but we weren't quite sure. But that was probably what happened. But that was it. That yeah. was the closest they ever got. That was the thing. And I remember for years, Big Brother was 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 pushing the boundary of the contestants. And in the audition tapes, the contestants would go, "Well, if there's a fit bloke on there, I've, I don't mind having sex with him on TV." And then it they never ever happened. In the audition yeah. tape, in the audition tape, they make themselves out to be either you're, the greatest or the worst person alive. You're just contradicting yourself now because you're saying that sex is all over reality TV and has been for years, and it hasn't. Well, no, but do you remember they did a Big Brother? Um, it wasn't like a like a younger person's version, but they didn't ele- televise it. You uh, know when they used to think it was an experiment, not a television program. Mm. Yes, and they and they, but it was never shown because two people oh, had sex on that. Now, yeah, was, there was there was, was also a weird Big Brother called Big Brother Hijack. Where a ce- where it didn't run for it was only for a few weeks, but then a celebrity would hijack it, yeah, and they could control the housemates. I know this because my friend Mackenzie was one of the hijackers, and also my that. friend Paul Garner got sent in as um as an insane uh, cameraman, a cameraman that had gone crazy. Um, but um, there was also it was also there was a program, um, and it was about twelve years ago on Channel Five. Um, called Back to Reality, hosted by Richard Bacon. Oh, yeah. No one watched it, and it was it was made by the same guy that produced Rise, which I know about it. No one watched it, and it was inside a massive TV studio, and they built a house inside the TV studio. Was it Vanilla Rice? No, it was... I don't know. It was all... It was basically every... The, the, the most famous people from... Um, from reality shows oh, up until that yeah. point, so Nasty Nick and Jade were in there. Ryan and no, but yeah. then it was a f- it was people from other shows as well. And it, the thing was, it was boring, mm-hmm. really, well, really boring. Because they probably didn't give them anything to do, so just yep. boring. Yeah, 
Well, they were all celebs at that point as well. well nasty Nick, eh? Do you remember that? Oh, I was the so fury. excited. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember, that was in the days before you didn't have live streams. No, 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 you incorrect. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. You oh. had live streams of that, but only online. Yeah. You did that first series. Oh, there was there was live it, feed, they? but it was uh, it was only you had to log into a computer to watch it. And can anyone remember what was so nasty about Nasty Nick? What did he do? He wrote he down some names on the names of people <laughs> and suggested to who voted for who. He passed some notes. He's also a weirdo. I've met him many. I mean, he's a, a nice bloke, but a weirdo. He was also a complete. He lied about things, didn't he? In there. Uh, yeah, but they all do it now. Yeah, I know, that's the thing, but in the in the beginning it was Okay, new. okay, okay, let's Remember play again. Remember Craig being Let, furious with him? Yeah. Let's, let's play again. <laughs> let's see how many people from the very first Big Brother we can name. Right, okay. so. Mel. Nasty Nick. Oh, Mel, I saw her once in B&Q. Oh. I thought Nush. she was beautiful. Nush? Was Nush in the first one? No, that was later. Bubble. Bubble! Who was the, the lady that with was, the... That was, that was later, that wasn't year one. Bubble was the bloke who wore Burberry with a hat, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he's oh. right. There was the Irish lad, Tom. There we go, Tom. How did I remember that? Tom. Irish lad, Tom. He's very boring. Yeah. There was the, the lady with the short hair who then went... Nicola. N- Nicola, who went on to make pornographic movies, including one, I think, called Big Bummer. <laughs> there was an Irish nun. <laughs> true story. A nun, wasn't there? Um, she yes. was... No, 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 no. Guys, 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 guys. No, she was in the same one. No, she wasn't... Was she in the first one? She was in the first one. What was there her was name? A, hang on. Hang on, hang on a minute. What gap for one at a time. Calm down. Okay, one at yeah. a time. What was uh, her name? Mary? Anna? No. Anna. 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 Well done. Anna, yeah. The tall black guy who liked chickens. I remember the chickens, yeah. Cause I remember. I don't remember. I, I, yeah. I think he was from Lewisham, actually. So local lad to me. Okay. Can't right. his name. Okay. Did he have a little? I can't just write down black lad. Did he have a really thin moustache? Yes. Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. You're thinking of the Spiv from um, <laughs> the, uh, Dad's Army. Dad's Army. Thank you. So um, we've got one, two, Blake, three, no. four, five, six. I've got um, black lad. I can't put that down. We need his Craig, name. Craig. Craig. Got, got Craig. Got Craig. What was um? What was Craig's hit single? At this time of year, yeah, friends and, and lovers should, should be here. here. Spread the good times he and the cheer. DIY professionally. Hey, he set himself up for life, didn't he, Craig? Nice, yeah. nice lad, Craig. Nice lad. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We're having a fun game there trying to the, name the name the contestants from the first Big Brother. There was a blonde. Oh. I can't just say blonde woman. No, well, you got a black man there, and no, a blonde there, woman. There Jeez. was a blonde older woman who smoked a, like a chimney. Hmm. Yeah, I think she had a pierced lip. That's it. Was she called Z- uh... It's weird, isn't it? We obsessed oh, about that programme. And here's the thing, with years. the first series, um, they weren't set any tasks, there was they n- nothing bored. to- They were bored! They were bored, and, um, also- Were they allowed books? They well, were allowed paper, books. So. Yeah, they were allowed <laughs> books. Um, and, um, but, but also, the, the, the door was on the side, and it would just get unlocked when they got evicted, and they would oh, all yeah. come out and wave. <laughs> Apart from Craig, where a firework almost went off in his face, didn't it? When he I came out and he won, they have like, set off all the pyro. And then he came out and he said he was giving all the money to charity. I cried No, it was the one woman to go and get an operation in America. Yeah, you were, yeah. It was his friend's daughter who had Down syndrome. Yeah, 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 gave all the money to her. And we all cried. Isn't that nice? Um, thanks, Gatford. 0344 499 1000. Here, Alan, you'll know all the contestants from Big Brother 1. 
Hip, 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 hip. Hip, hip, hip. Who are the contestants on Big Brother 1? We've got in Nasty Nick. Hang on. I'll go on. In the Victoria, Sada. 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 Andrew. Who was Andrew? He was the one that snogged Melanie. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then Caroline. She was a brummy. Yeah, she was the one I was thinking of with the lip. Okay. Ring. Yeah, Nasty Nick. Yep. Nicola. Yep. Tom, with his massive manhood. He was the Irish fella, yeah. He got a boner, didn't he? Yes, he yeah, did. Nick's replacement, Claire. Who was Claire? She was the one who came in after Nasty Nick was booted out. Okay, yeah. And then you had Melanie. Yep. Darren. Dar- oh, Darren was the black lad. That was the one who loved the chicken. Yeah, we go. Marjorie. There we go, yeah. Yes. Anna. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Craig. Craig, there we go. We got it. We got it. We got the, we got the full... And... Yep. They were all relatively normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was because it was such a social experiment. Yeah, it was, and because it was, it was, it was unique. It was the first of its kind, and people didn't expect it that that it would catapult them to a a career. Whereas now they all go in with a thing, don't they? Oh, they're all freaks now. I'm crazy. I'm actually auditioning for Big Brother. Oh, you don't surprise me, Alan, at all. It was 2004 for series five. Yeah, and how far did you get? I got as far as the first stage of your decision. Well, Sorry. that's hardly getting. <laughs> um, was that the one where they 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 would a massive fight? No, hang on, because they got to a point where they realised it was turning into a freak show. Mm. So they did a whole series while I was presenting a, a TV show that talked about it a lot. They did a whole series where it was normal people, John Tickle, yeah, and um, that was series four. Series one, it was really. I'm still talking. It was really, really boring. Who was the the Asian lad? He was a chef. Goss. Goss. I got on really well with Goss. Uh, That was the year of the bomb scare. What bomb scare? When bomb scare happened on the Friday, we had the eviction on the Saturday. A bomb scare at the Big Brother house. Yeah. Flip it, okay, doesn't that seem pertinent? I like Goss, We've got, I got on well with Goss, used to hang out with Goss a bit, actually, he was a nice lad, really and nice it, lad. And on that side, you know, he was the one that was evicted. Well, there you go, Alan, thank you very much indeed. I knew we, I knew that gentleman would have it. Yeah, Big Brother 4, he just had normal people in, because it, it's funny TV, isn't it? Because um, they realised it was turning to a freak show, so we're going to make it normal again. And what they did was make it boring, man! Boring! Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. I don't really know what we're talking about, but we're talking, and you're welcome to join us. This is the late night alternative. Good evening. My name is Ian Lee. You're listening to Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. By the way, we'll go back to seems to be talking about reality TV, just because I'm slightly nonplussed by Love Island. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, guys, if we're getting new listeners all the time, and we're getting new followers on. Twitter, loads of people from America following us, um, people listening all over the world. Fantastic. You can call in from all over the world. I'll give you the international phone number in a bit, but you can probably work it out yourselves. Um, but, 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 we're sat here talking about this stuff. You are welcome to chip in to the conversation or call in about anything else you want. It, 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 this isn't one of those shows where you sit and go, well, I really want to talk to them about something, but they're not covering that topic. We'll, we'll talk about anything. You phone up, we'll have a chat. Um, Here's something. We're, we're going to Newcastle on Friday. We're, we're doing the Rabbit Hole uh, at the Stand Comedy Club. Catherine and I are recording a show between 5 and 7, Sunday afternoon, evening, in Newcastle. A venue that holds 300 people. We have sold 36 tickets. Because we're very choosy. No. 
Because you're very choosy. Because people don't like us. So if you want, <laughs> if you want to come, there's there's plenty of tickets there. If you don't mind sitting in a... Bring a blanket. it would be, be a draft in there. But on Sunday, uh, there are only a tenner. Just Google the stand rabbit hole, Ian Lee, and the tickets will pop up. But on Friday, we're planning on doing the show from a listener's house, as we have done before in Edinburgh and in Manchester. And we may be doing it again in Manchester at the end of the month. But, but, but. We had a bloke called Stephen phone up the other day and said, yeah, you can come and do it. In, in, in. He never got in touch. Well, he was played s- it very cool with him. He was going to send me an email saying, giving me his... De- He's not got in touch. So, we haven't... And it just dawned on me today. Today is Tuesday. We're doing the show on Friday. We haven't got anywhere in Newcastle to do our radio show from on Friday. Stephen, if you're listening, please, for the love of all that is holy, 0344 499 get in touch. Uh, but maybe you're at home in Newcastle thinking, hey, great, they can come to our house. No. Um, all we need is, a, a, like a, you need to have internet that we can plug into. Everyone's got internet, and we need to plug into it, and you need to be able to um, provide tea and coffee, and we'll provide crisps, and we'll bring snacks and a bottle of wine, and we bring bring gifts. We're good good house guests. We'll take our shoes off. Catherine is almost, almost house trained. Mm -hmm. I will clean up any mess that she leaves behind. Um, As as I've managed to counter the retching, the retching mechanism. Um, But we need... If you live in a house or a flat or a shop or you've got a bar or a club or whatever it is in Newcastle, um, can we come on Friday night and we get there about half nine and we leave at one minute past one? Can we please come and do our show from your place in Newcastle? Or I'd say we'll ha- I mean, it's a five hour drive up there, but we'll happily travel 25, 30 miles outside of Newcastle. OK, so if you're kind of in the region... 0344-499-1000, please. We don't mind um, if you've got pets. We don't mind... Quite, you know, well, the last place we went to, it was a couple, and, and she... I don't want to say she hated the show, but she really didn't like the show. The, 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 the lady part of the couple. The gentleman was a huge fan, and she kind of let him... She was a huge fan of him. Yeah, she was a huge... They were really, really nice, and it was a lovely night. Um, and we don't... We just come, and we set up, and we plug it. We've got this little thing. We plug into your internet, and we, we do the show, and you can be on the show if you want. You can take pictures. You can film it. You can don't have to be on the show if you want. You know, it, it's, it's kind of cool, but otherwise, we're screwed. Otherwise, there's no show on Friday. It's, that's all I can say. 0344 499 or you can email Ian, I-A-I-M, at ianlee.com. Now, back to this um, Love Island. Mm. No one's called in to say they watch it. but say, Is it one of those programmes that's a dirty secret where people won't admit... No, that's Geordie Shaw. Oh, I've just told you. There we go. Um, I do watch that, and that's filth. They've been at it for ages. Producers... This is back to Love Island. Producers have been desperate to trigger more sex. Producers have been desperate to trigger, trigger. more sex. After separating couples... Listen to this sentence. This is what we've come to as a society. Producers had been desperate to trigger more sex after separating couples for 48 hours to increase their lust for each other. Oh. Sweet Lord. A TV insider said, in other words, we made this up. Love Island bosses are delighted with the results. 
the housemates are now romping all over the place. <laughs> no one says romping out loud, do they? There was a concern over the lack of sexual action on the show this year, leaving the girls with a bunch of new blokes while the male islanders live for two days with a fresh batch of females. Fresh. Has turned out to be a genius move. Does anyone else think this language sounds like something from a wildlife program? A fresh batch of females. I'll tell you what's genius, right? Brian Wilson's a genius, right? Picasso is a genius, right? Leonardo DiCaprio, not DiCaprio, Da Vinci. No, both of those gentlemen are genii. Put in some guys with some women on an island and making them hump is not genius. It's not genius. It's called Magaluf. They've resisted temptation and the couples couldn't keep their hands off each other after being reunited. The raunchy show sees a host of good-looking singletons thrown together in a Mallorcan holiday villa. So it's not even on an island. It used to be on an island. Mm. It was a man. It was a man-made island in the shape of a heart, wasn't it? Do you remember? Oh, but was it really though? Yeah, it was. It it was. It was. It was man-made to be in the shape of a heart. I just thought that was the opening title. No, I think it was real. Really? But now it's just in Mallorca. Um, for eight weeks, in full view of more than 72 TV cameras, Welsh dancer Amber and Essex hairdresser Kem, I don't know which one, if that is the man and which one is the woman, who have already bedded each other, had makeup sex under a blanket on the sofa. You idiots, that's called sofa sex! <laughs> don't you know? It was the first time contestants had romped outside of the bedrooms and private hideaway. Private hideaway, is that slang for anus? No. Okay. I think it's slang for shed. Kem told Amber... (laughs) Again, I don't know which one of these is the man or woman. I am actually in love with you. I've never felt like this before. I love you so much. I'm not going to denigrate or degrade our feelings for each other by trying to have intercourse with you on a tacky reality show. Instead, I'm just going to sit here, hold your hand, and whisper poetry in your ear. Of course he didn't say that. He said, I'm in love with you. Get down on that. (laughs) Oh, God! Amber replied, right now in my head and my mind, we are going to work 100%. Oh. In her head and her mind. Montana and Alex also got frisky under the sheets. Here we go. We've all been here, guys. But resisted temptation to have sex. Blue balls. Blue balls. Dry humping, blue balls. Hey, listen. Listen, uh, Alex. It's got to come out some way. You cannot walk around like that for eight weeks. You cannot walk around like that for eight weeks. You've got to do something. Got to do something. This is all very romantic. Isn't it, though? Yeah. Isn't it, though? They're going to be able to tell their kids about this one day, aren't they? How did um, you and Dad meet? Sofa sex. <laughs> we had sofa sex on Love Island. Um, we, and we had a show on ITV4. That's where your sister came from. And then we split up. That's why we don't see your dad anymore. But you can read about it in all these magazines I've saved. Jeez. I mean, guys, All three of them. Come on. This is what we've turned into as a society. We're better than this, aren't we? 0344 499 I said I'd give the number if you want to call us from abroad. Uh, we call you back, right? 
So if you want to phone up from abroad, you're very, very welcome. It's 0044, 0044, that's the code for the UK. Then you just drop the zero from the, the phone number. So it's 0044 344 499 You'll speak to Ed and um, we, we, we call you back. That's how it works. I'm Ian Lee. This is the Late Night Alternative with me on Talk Radio. Late Night Ian Lee. On air and off the On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 No Periscope tonight because I've, I've kind of made a deal with myself. When I feel a bit, a bit uh, down, I'm not going to Periscope and I feel a little bit down. I, um, uh... Rode into work on my scooter tonight. I did it. I did it. An hour and a half, um, which is what it would have taken me in the car with all the traffic. And um, I bought a little thing. Because you can't go on the motorway, obviously, because I'm a learner, right? And also, I wouldn't want to go on a motorway on, on, on that anyway. I wouldn't feel safe. So I bought a little kind of thing you screw on so you can clip your phone on and it, you use it the sat-nav. And um, I was going all over the place. It was brilliant. It was brilliant i'm I, I only panicked twice and there was a bit as i was coming to the chiswick roundabout which is, is a very busy roundabout in london and i was trying to do that thing that you see mopeds and scooters do and bike motorbikes i was weaving in and out of the parked traffic that was the park the station of traffic that was coming up to the roundabout so i could get further ahead because most of the journey I, I was driving it like a car so when you stopped in traffic i stopped and i thought oh no I'm, i can go in between the things so i was doing a bit of that and um then i i, I got a bit panicky um and i was uh, and i started going a bit fast and i panicked and i forgot how to brake right so instead of braking i revved it more which makes it go faster so to try and brake it and i did this twice I put my feet down on the floor like I was on a bicycle. <laughs> and all that happened was I was heading towards the curb at high speed with my feet being dragged on the floor. And luckily I hit the brake. I remember you know, I, pan- I let go of that and hit the brake. And it was well, fine. But I did that twice. I cacked myself. Mm-hmm. So if you see um, a, 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 an uncomfortably tall gentleman riding a, a powder blue scooter that's seen better days because it's very old but it's beautiful and um you listen carefully you'll hear him going oh sh- oh sh- oh sh-. go and and just and also you <laughs> if you're stuck in traffic and you hear someone on a scooter going you can do this just follow the straight line well you can get through there that's it don't worry you can do i'm talking to myself all the way through it was incredible here's the exciting thing that i didn't um think would be a factor it's the smells. Now, I live out in Windsor, driving into London, and um, uh, so I, I was driving kind of past stains and lots of fields and things. So you're smelling all this wonderful, you know, fields and trees and grass and stuff. Then as I got into London, and it's a wonderfully warm, sunny day, you just smell, you can smell food and exhausts and rubbish and the river. You smell the river. And it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. It was the tensest 90 minutes journey i've ever been on and i've got to ride the bloody thing home now in the dark but yes i have to say yes. that as well being a little as a bit it being a bit windswept when yep. you walked in a bit sweaty yep. your eyes were glittering yes you, it was obviously oh thrilling. Yes. it was it was a, it was a thrill guys uh, there's no denying that but i haven't ridden in the dark yet and i'm riding home tonight i have my fluorescent jacket to wear uh what could possibly <laughs> 
What could possibly go wrong? Oh yeah, I could die. Well, don't do that. Well, I'll try my best not to. But we just don't know. If I forget that brake again and accelerate instead of brake and put my feet down on the floor, uh, and I did one skid because I was going a little bit too fast and the car in front of me stopped and I had to brake quite suddenly and I did a bit of a skid and I, um... But apart from that... I could probably get uh, the seats of the Mini down at the back if you want to put it in the back and I'll give you a lift home. (laughs) Oh, man, it's... it's, uh, It looks like a lot of fun, though. It is a lot of fun. I really fancy one. It is a lot of fun, guys, and I'm I'm um, just hoping it doesn't kill me. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Ed Sheeran's Twitter quitter. Yeah, says the Sun. People are being mean about him um, and well, atting him. <laughs> that is horrible, isn't it? Well, people do that to me, and I do do think why why would you do that? Why would you at me and say the show's crap or I'm crap or I'm not as famous as Ricky... I know I'm not as famous as Ricky Gervais. I know that. But they think they're punching up, don't they? There there was a guy today, I'm assuming it was a guy, he he had a picture of a dog as his, you know, um, avatar, like all the bravest people on Twitter. And um, I tweeted something about your book shambles with Josie Long and Ah, Robin Ince. And I said, this is great, but it will make you buy books. And he responded, thankfully I hadn't like added them in it, he responded, oh, about as funny as piles, I'll pass. Oh. And I looked at his bio. Yeah. And it just said, manners cost nothing. So I replied to him, your bio is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, oh, thanks for noticing. I thought, yeah, Who, what, what was his name? Give me this, give me this guy's name. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's destroy this Because he didn't get it. He no. clearly didn't get the fact I was saying he was rude. Let's take this guy down to a little place I like to call China Chinese Town. town. <laughs> Let me see. Trolls have forced Ed Sheeran to quit Twitter. The Glastonbury... I wish everybody would... I hate Twitter, as you know, as you know. And I have a, a, a pretty, um, uh, you know... The Glastonbury headliner and chart record-breaker, in case you wondered who Ed Sheeran was, said a constant stream of vile comments have been bringing him down. He told the son, I've actually come off Twitter completely. I can't read it. I go on it and there's nothing but people saying mean things. Twitter's a platform for that. One comment ruins your day, but that's why I've come off it. The head F for me has been trying to work out why people dislike me so much. Well, I've got one or two reasons, but hmm. Ed's Instagram account will automatically generate tweets. The 26-year-old Shape of You singer said he instead gets his reality checks from close friends and family. He explained, I have people like my dad who will have a conversation with me. I don't have to have someone calling me a whatever. Um, yeah, well, uh, Steve's on the line. Evening, Steve. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Hi. How you doing, Steve? I just wanted to talk about there uh, because you've just been on about your scooter. Yeah. Um, because I I got one out in Greece. Uh, was kind of a few years ago now, but yes. well, for safety reasons, because I hadn't driven one, I got a fifty cc. Well, this is the thing in Greece in... on the islands. On the islands, you can just rock, and I've never done it. I've never even been tempted to. Because we go to the Zakynthos every year. You can go and rent a scooter or one of those four-wheeler, the um, dune buggies. But the reps will tell you not to. Yeah, 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 because people get killed. People get killed because they don't know how to ride them. Mm -hmm. But you did it, did you? Well, I got a 50cc because I was trying to to act safe. I thought, I'll not get a powerful one. Yes. 
but it was more dangerous because I got stuck halfway up a hill, so I had to take it back because <laughs> it was actually a danger. Yeah. And get, like, one of those big sort of black ones, but I, I wanted one that was uh, automatic because I thought the gears you didn't have to be more dangerous. You, you could have rented a car. No, but I wanted to get a bike because right. I was on Zandi. It's not that big, so I just wanted to drive around the whole lot. I mean, I mm, did. It, it was Zakynthos. all right eventually. Yes. So but... you're, you're one of those idiots that gets a, goes to Zakynthos, that's <laughs> the proper name for it, um, and, and rents an actual motorbike despite never having ridden a motorbike before. No, I, I rode a motorbike. Um, I just got a scooter. I just got an automatic. I'd, I'd rode a few bikes before. Hey. But uh, it was dangerous anyway. Of course it's dangerous. It's, it's, it's like the, the windy roads. Also, the Greeks drive like lunatics anyway. Good luck to them. Um, I yeah. just can't understand why you'd want to do that and why you wouldn't just go and hire a car. Well, I wanted to do something different because I was on older. You wanted yeah. to. But, you uh, wanted it, to it put. Your, okay. When it, I go I mean, on holiday, Steve, I always want to put my life at risk. Otherwise, it doesn't really feel like a holiday. Yeah, but you're doing this in England. Yes, you're, but I've, I've had a day. You're I've a had a scared and that on you. It's a no, bit dangerous. No, I've had a. I've had a. a I've had the train. The legal training that is required, and I can't go above fifty because I cack myself, and I'm not going up mountains, and I'm not driving through yeah, Laganar. Yeah, but you did forget where the brake was and nearly crashed. Well, exactly. I, so I that's why. That. Well, all right, Steve. Then you've got one over on me. Well done. But uh, you do see these idiots, and I, I, it's, these idiots that get these dune buggies in these motorbikes, and they ain't got a clue. And also, they ride around when it's blokes topless, sunburnt, beautiful. So if you're right, then they go to uh, Laganas. Is um, oh, it's awful. I know. I've been. Oh, it's flipping awful. It is. We stayed in Alikes. All the dregs, all of the... My worst thing is, is to get to the island, you've got to fly via EasyJet, which is great. I like EasyJet, right? But the flight is about 6 o'clock in the morning. I think there might be a few more flights now, but it used to be you had to get the flight at 6 o'clock in the morning. And, um, of course, it's full of stags and hens. You know, wearing T-shirts like Dump. and <laughs> Dump? Dump. I've genuinely seen that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Wow. Just remembering, you're whispering, you actually say the word out loud. I, I mouth it, and you say the word. So don't do that. Let me do that for us. <laughs> do it again, then. No. Dump. You animal. Um, it's a, it's a, and here's the thing. Right. They always recognise me. They don't recognise me as Ian Lee. They've recognised me as Ralph Little or Richard Bacon or that tosser off the telly. That's, that's the, that's the, that was the last one. It's that tosser off the telly. And you hear the whisper go around. And quite often I, I go on my own because the family go out there and then I go on my own. And you hear the whisper go around and you see, you're sat there trying to read and, and you see people looking over at you and giggling and pointing and laughing and doing that thing where they're trying to take pictures of you over the back of the seat. And you just think, oh, I wish this plane would crash and we all died because that's what you deserve and that's how I I feel but it doesn't and you end up having to um make make classic ban and they're all pissed as well you have to make banter with these these losers whoever want to marry any of that party the disgusting scumbags cleo hello old bean how are you good thank you boss what you got um i have i have a possible venue oh yeah for friday yeah it's a coffee shop called pop rex have you spoken to them 
I have. And what have they said? Their internet is good, and they will be happy for... for And they'll be open at 10 o'clock at night until 1 o'clock in the morning? Well, I've just spoken to the owner, and he said he'd open up. Really? Yeah. That sounds a bit suspicious. It's called Davy Harper. He's from the band, um... Frampy in the Heartstrings. Don't don't say that as though that's a famous band that everyone's heard of. I I think the indie clan have heard of them. No, they haven't. No one's heard of Frankie and the Heartstrings. No, literally no one has heard of Frankie and the... No one's heard of the... No one's heard of Frankie and the Heartstrings. I bet you they have. I bet you they haven't. I bet you they have. Well, I bet they haven't. Um... What, was it? Was he in the? Fu- you mentioned the Future Heads. I've heard of them. Was he in the Future Heads? One of them was, yes. One of who? One of the front and strings. But was. the guy that runs the cafe? They're all a big clan. They're like the borderline incestuous. I don't want to get was. involved in an incestuous scene. I don't want any. <laughs> Not even for the weekend. Well, oh, no. Um. I- Okay, well, it turns out it was, it was, I'm still talking, it turns out that it wasn't Stephen that we spoke to about in Newcastle, like Catherine, my producer, told me, it was Simon. Now, Simon has got in touch and said, you can, you can do it at my house, but but I'm off to see, um, the guy, I was going to go and see the black guy from Britain's Got Talent who's performing in Morpeth. Which one? The bin man, Andy? Um, no, I, now I googled black man, um... (laughs) Daliso Chaponda. No. He's a comedian. Daliso is a versatile African comedian. Uh, Uh, And he's, I think, I think that means him. And there's a picture of, there's a, but he might be going to see him now. Oh. So, what, he's rescinded the invitation? Well, no, he's, like he, said, he said, I'd rather have you guys come round, but I don't want him to, all right. The, the, Cleo, send me an email with the details. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the last uh, detail. Thank you very much indeed. I mean, now we've got two venues. This is embarrassing, isn't it? This is embarrassing. Look at you pulling a face. I don't want to go now. You don't Seriously, wanna... this young lady had on the back of her T-shirt the words, dump. Imagine. What? Hey, Mum will have ironed that. My mate Scott has to make those T-shirts. He often sends me pictures of the <laughs> filthiest <laughs> ones. And that, let me tell you, a, a, a dump... That ain't nothing compared to some of the people he's worked for. Talk radio. And we're going to speak to the actual producer of uh, Naked and Afraid, <laughs> a show I'm obsessed with. You can still call in, though, dear. We're having a nice laid-back Tuesday evening vibe. I think we can get away with that. Why the hell not? There's no show like it. We are the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hey, dear listener, welcome to the show. Ian Lee, the Late Night Alternative. Um, Monday to Friday, 10 till 1, and you're welcome to call in about anything you want, he said, clearing his throat. Um, Any of the stuff that we are talking about as we sift through the papers, stuff that we aren't talking about, anything. It's one of those shows where, and I don't think there are any other shows like this on the radio, where you can um, literally call in about whatever you want. Indulge me for a a few minutes, and I know I go on about this a lot, but I'm obsessed 
actually obsessed. Let me get the DVD out of my um, my bag so I can look upon its beautiful uh, uh, um, glory. When we were in the States, in New York, I found this show, and I phoned up to Catherine. I said, Catherine, there's a show uh, on television right now where two people have been dumped on an island, and they have to survive. And here's the twist. They ain't got no clothes. And she went, oh, yeah, that's Naked and Afraid. I've seen that. Um, and I have become obsessed with it. Yep. Uh, absolutely obsessed with it. We, be, uh, it's a tradition now where we watch an episode of it um, before every radio show we do. And um, we love it. Who was it we had on yesterday? We EJ. had EJ, EJ. Skullcrusher. Uh, who is absolutely bonkers, but, but delightfully charming. And we had a gentleman the other week whose name Jeff is... Jeff Zausch. Jeff Zausch, who again was absolutely nuts. But, but both um, um, uh, 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 very... And I guess this is how they survive. But very softly spoken, you know, thoughtful gentlemen you know but and gen- i use the word gentleman uh, correctly in this this context very you know precise with what they were saying i mean the stuff that ej must have seen he's, he's served all around the world anyway we love it we love it we love it i upset some of you last week by posting a photograph on twitter of um a manky foot there's no, there's no way of describing it. where where the flesh had been eaten away to such an extent you could see the inner workings of the foot something that no man nor woman nor beast should ever have to see um and uh, i upset my friend scott by sending him that picture 12 hours later he was still saying why did you send that to me we're going to speak to the owner of that foot and the 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 um, i'm going to say it um, we don't use this word uh, correctly but in this context the genius behind Naked and Afraid, all the way from California in the United States. Uh, it's Stephen Rankin. Evening, Stephen. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. First of all, genuinely, my tongue is not in my cheek. Thank you so much for Naked and Afraid. I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but boy, oh boy, I'm lapping this stuff up. How the hell did you come up with the idea for it? Well, it's actually, um, the title is, um, which I can't claim credit for, somebody else has, has originated the title, but it came from um, one of the Discovery executives was um, sitting in his hotel bathroom one day and um, lacking anything to read, he, he turned to the Gideon Bible. Wow. And um, he was reading the Bible, and in the book of Genesis, there's a, I'm, I'm going to misquote it, but yeah. basically he said, Adam hides from God, and God says to Adam, why are you hiding from me? And Adam says, well, I was naked, and I was afraid. Oh. And uh, that's, that's how the title came about. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, yes, yeah, we, um, we've been working on, uh, I've done a lot of survival TV. Um, I've worked with Bear Grylls for many years, yeah. and Ed Stafford as well. And um, we're trying to sort of get into the raw survival arena, and like, how raw can you get? <laughs> you know? And the rawest you can get is taking away any form of protection that the survivalists can have. Yeah. That's their clothing. Your clothing is your first line of protection. Yeah. So you remove that, then you become incredibly vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the heat, to the cold, uh, rain, sun, insects, bug bites, and everything else, of course. And um, it, it, it was a game changer to um, actually come up with that as, as a thought of like, okay, well, you think you're tough on a survival yeah. setting. Yeah. Um, I do it with nothing. It is, it is the twist that makes... I mean, it would still be a good show if they were clothed, you know, because I think it's brilliant. But it, it is the twist that makes it... When, when you came up with that, were there kind of high fives in the office? Did you send everyone home early because you realised that, you know, you'd stumbled on something so obvious, but, 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 but also so obtuse that, that this, was a, this was a dead cert? 
Oh, no, we were, we were told it's never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> really? You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> That's crazy. People will never do it. So well, we just set to it and didn't take no for an answer. You know, nudity is an issue for many people. Some people don't want to bear their private parts yeah. to the world, even though they get blurred. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a really stiff challenge. But we found um, enough people who were determined and crazy enough to yeah. do it. And um, they've, they've really embraced it. There's that know, delicious bit when they... Game. There's that delicious bit, and I should say, for people who haven't seen it, they don't know. It's a man and a woman, and they don't know each other. And there's a delicious bit where um, they, they, they take their clothes off, and both Kath and I go, drop them. Um, <laughs> and that awkward, um, uh, very human response when they meet their partner in the woods, naked, or the, wherever, naked for the first to, time. They have to walk towards each yeah. other, so it's like, where do I look? Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable. And, and that goes quickly. <laughs> yeah. They, they get rid of that once they realise, right, now we've got to go and find something, we've got to, we've got to kill something and build a shelter. Oh. The, 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 the embarrassment disappears really quickly, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Once they get over that initial awkwardness, it's, um, it's kind of like, well, let's just get on with it then. Do you... Got, you know, because it's so raw, you know, they've got their... They've, they've got to get after their priorities yeah. immediately. They have time to hang around feeling self-conscious. And it quickly becomes the least sexy scenario oh, you can God, imagine, yeah. doesn't it? Because t- I've, I've mentioned this to people, and, it, you know, we were talking about the reality show Love Island, where it's all about people having sex and stuff. Um, and they assume, <laughs> you know, because of the subject matter here, that it's a sexy show. And it ain't in the... Sal- you know, the nudity... Almost isn't an issue when they're walking through, you know, thorns and things like that. But it, 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 there's there's nothing sexy about it at all, is there? Not at all. No, no. It's um, it's the least sexy show with naked people I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when you're all dirty and being eaten alive by bugs and all your bits are filthy, and you're sitting around in yeah. the dirt till seven, it's um, the libido is one of the last things you uh you think about. One one of our um, survivalists had a great quote. She said. Um, we asked her about, you know, do you find your partner attractive? You know, would you ever think of anything happening? And she said, oh, my God, no, that would burn too many calories. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great bit. I don't know if it's in the DVD extras, but we found it on uh, on YouTube, so I'm guessing it must be, where um, uh, it's like a little five-minute montage of the gentleman talking about uh, um, having erections first thing in the morning, which is a natural thing that happens, you know. Um, and I think EJ yeah. talks is, is in that clip, isn't he? Um, and and um, they all sort of just got... One fellow went off into the woods to sort himself out, whatever that meant. Um, but, <laughs> I, but someone And someone was called the other day and, and, and put forward an interesting twist. Have you ever thought of doing it with two blokes or two women? And we have. We we discussed that a lot, actually, doing those you know, same-sex uh, pairings. But um, I don't know if you've seen Naked and Afraid XL, which is like a, a spin-off show yeah. where we take uh, people who've done the 21-day challenge and we put them out for 40. But we do have um, same-sex groupings, normally right. three, three guys, three girls, and then two mixed groups. Um, so that, that's what we do on XL. How did you end up, how did you end up working out in the States, Stephen? Because obviously you're British. What, 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 what was the move over there? Well, I was, like I said, I was doing a lot of survival TV for, for Discovery Channel in the US for, for many years. And it just seemed logical. I was flying over to the States a lot, doing a lot of meetings and, yeah. and that sort of. And um, I just got talking to the people at Discovery and they said, well, if you want to come over here and work, Wow, you'd enjoy it. So the sunshine's nice. It's, um, it's a lovely day in Los Angeles today. How long have you been over there for, Stephen? Uh, four and a half years. Okay. Do you miss home? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, um, tell us about the foot, because we had a caller earlier on today saying, I wonder just how set up this show is. And if anyone has seen more than a couple of episodes, you know, I, <laughs> if you see someone running on set wearing clothes, you know there's trouble. The, the people get poisoned, they eat the wrong thing, they drink the wrong thing, uh, you know, and people get rushed off and taken to hospital. Uh, so it is properly, properly dangerous. Um, and you know this firsthand, or here comes the joke, first foot, because you got bitten, it, it was a snake, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. What happened? It was quite quite early on in the run. Yeah, it was, um, this was the, it was the, actually became the premiere episode, but it was the fourth episode that we'd shot. Yeah. This is in 2013. And um, we were scouting in Costa Rica. And it was the first day of the scouts. I'd just flown in um, from our previous location. And um, we were out in the jungle. And it was a beautiful morning. Uh, sun, you know, it was bright sun. Tropical heat, it's nice, cool of the day. It wasn't, hadn't got crazy hot. And we were hiking through this uh, side of this big river valley, and there was lots of fallen trees and thorny palm trees and stuff like that. And um, we, we were all walking in a line, and I stepped over this big fallen tree, jumped down on the other side of it, and um, I felt this thing that just hit me on the foot like a, like a stab. Yeah. I'd been stabbed in the foot. I immediately knew that it was, that was not a good thing. It was probably a snake bite, and I jumped away looked behind me, and sure enough, it was a, a fertilance. It's a pit viper, one of the deadliest vipers in the world, uh, just slithering back under the tree. Fortunately, we had a guide with us, a local guide, who identified it correctly straight away. And it was like, oh, that's not good. So um, we had to hike out. We weren't you know, on a trail or anything, so we had to hike out for about 20 minutes. Oh, mate. And, and my colleagues then you know, cut some tree poles, lashed together our ponchos and our backpacks and they carried me for a couple of miles down a trail to a track, got met by a vehicle, they transferred me back to the lodge and then the helicopter met me and flew me to San Jose, to the capital of Costa Rica, and into hospital. And it, it was clearly that, you know, the, the, um, sometimes a, a snake will give you a dry bite where they don't inject the venom, uh, but this had clearly uh, got some venom into me because the pain just became mm. absolutely... Unbearable, the worst pain I'd ever experienced in my life, which started in my foot and then just sort of went all the way up my leg. Oh, man. So, yeah, it was, um, it was brutal. Um, it was the worst was experience the, of my life. I'm, 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 as I'm talking to you, I'm Googling pictures of your, your foot. Um, and here's one when it, 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 it. Was the bite near the ankle? It was, no, it was on top of the instep. Right, okay. Um, and the, the, the first yeah. picture, you're, 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 there's kind of a, a big grey bubbling mess um and then mm-hmm. we've 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 seen the picture where the the flesh ju- I, I apologize to anyone i did get told off on twitter for tweeting this the flesh comes away we see inside your foot it's incredible were, were you worried you were going to lose the foot oh yeah well, that was a possibility yeah, was it very much so or the or the whole leg i mean i was oh, i was lucky I got out of there, you know, by the time I was admitted to hospital, it was about two hours. Yeah. But I had had to walk through the jungle, which you're not supposed to do when you get bitten by a snake. You've got to stay very still and calm. Right. But I had to jump my way out of it. And when the doctors treated me, I thought it was going to be okay because they got to me quickly. They gave me the antivenom and, you know, pumped me full of meds. And, uh, it was six days in before the doctor noticed that the uh, necrosis, the, the, the venom of the snake, is, um, it's a uh, hematoxic venom and basically rots your flesh from within. 
and they've they made sure they got me uh, treated quickly enough so it didn't affect my internal organs mm. but the local site where it was bitten that necrosis started straight away and so you see those lumpy blisters and yeah. that's kind of normal for envenomation right but the blisters like popped and then they drained out but then on the sixth day the doctor's checking my leg which was like swollen up twice its size and um he sniffed sniffs me sniffs my foot he's like <laughs> Oh, that's not good. You better get used to the operating theatre straight away. Your foot was, was dying. Kind of, oh crap! <laughs> wow. So they wheeled me down to the theatre, and I came to a few hours later. And I remember that this was like the real scary bit: looking down the bottom of the bed to see if there were like two bumps there. Yeah. Wow. Maybe one bump. Fortunately, there were two. So um, they they kept my foot, but they had to um, uh, cut away and wash away all the decayed flesh. It was like, you know, basically gangrenous. And it is basically, I describe it, I'm not going to tweet it again, but ba basically the whole instep has gone and gone up the side past the ankle. It's gone and you can see, I guess, meat. And I'm, I'm assuming those white things are tendons that you can see. I can see a picture yes. where they've done a skin graft. Where did they get that much skin from? Uh, it's, it's, it's muscle. They took right. uh, part of my left thigh <sighs> and uh, stapled it onto my foot. <laughs> So I've got a bionic left foot. Good for you. And, and that, that was a few years ago. How is the foot now? Is the foot fine now? Or is it still, you still got problems? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the, the foot's got an agent. <laughs> You're a medical miracle. Do you know that? How the hell... It, you know, I've done t TV and stuff, and the health and safety and the forms you have to tick now just to go and d climb up a flipping ladder. How the hell, with that foot and with, with your history, how do you um, get it signed off that, that, that members of the public get to go and, you know, sleep in caves where there are black widow spiders, there are these snakes, there are all kinds of things around. How, do, how does it... Uh, uh, what hoops do people have to jump through? Well, you know, obviously, we, we do a very thorough, very comprehensive risk assessment before we go in. But, you know, this is part of the, uh, the way we make the show. Mm. That we, can't, we, we can't eliminate risk. We can only minimize it yeah. as much as we can. And we do have um, a doctor on, on, on location 24-7. We have two doctors who do a rotation 12-hour shifts. So they, they're on set all the time. So if anything happens, we can make sure that we can evacuate anybody, a casualty, really quickly. Yeah. We always choose the location so that we know that we can get them out of there in a hurry. Yeah. But that will require, you know, um, carrying carrying a casualty, getting them onto a road and then to a helicopter. And we always have a, a helicopter evacuation plan in place for if anything goes wrong. So we, we know we've got a, like a two, three-hour window before we can get anybody to safety. And um... so that's, that's part. There is, a, there is a, a small film crew there, and they're introduced... This is what I love about the show. It's really transparent. There is a small film crew there, and that's never... You know, they're introduced at the top of the show, and that's that's not hidden at all. Um, and they're not allowed to get involved. But there must be moments when they see, you know, a contestant... I use that term loosely. But about to do something really, really stupid, like drink the wrong water or, or, or eat the wrong thing. There must be a temptation for the, the, you know, the guy with the camera to go, Don't do that! No, don't do that. Is, uh, is there any involvement? Yeah. Uh, well, we we do speak to them. We, you know, we will if they are going to do something absolutely insane, then we will actually intervene if they're going to put their lives in danger. Yeah. But um, we we tell tell our cast members exactly that we, we are not going to support you. Your decisions are your own. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're not going to say don't do something if you think you should do it. 
and your decisions are your own. You're supposed to know what you're doing, so don't do anything completely stupid. <laughs> but um, I, I'd also tell the producers, our producers in the field, that say to them, is like sometimes the best thing you can do is nothing at all because you've got to let these guys figure it out mm. on their own. I do think, can I make, if I may make one suggestion, I do think it's cheating a bit when they have a fire starter as, as their um, their luxury item. I don't think that should be allowed. You like the bow drill, actually. Yeah, I like it when they're getting some st- rubbing some sticks and it can take them, the, the first one I saw when we were in New York. <laughs> 21 days. It took them 21 <laughs> days to start the fire and they were inventing all these different machines to make it go faster. I like that. I, I, you might as well just give them a box of matches. I know. Well, the thing is, in the tropics, when it's very, very damp, it's 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 a struggle to get fire, even with a with a flint stick. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but um, not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a nightmare. I think there's something very interesting about the American psyche that you, you seem to have a load of these survivalists over there who are putting themselves up for this, and they are a bit nuts. I mean, EJ, in the nicest possible way, oh, he was loves bonkers. it, doesn't he? He, he was gets, bonkers, but he, lovely. He gets sad when it comes up to extraction time yeah. because he really loves it. I don't think you'd get the Brits to do this, would you, Steve? Um, we've had a couple of Brits supply, and we had we have done one one show with with an English guy who actually lives in Australia. Ah. Um, he true. He was he was great. Mm. He was awesome. He, he grew up in a hippie commune in Hampstead or something, <laughs> and uh, so he was like super outdoorsy, like wild child. But there, you know, there's some excellent pe- uh, survival people in the UK. Mm. They're just not enough to do it on tv <laughs> yeah we we, we i mean there's still the greatest highlight for me and i'm so glad I'm, I'm still early days of discovering it and we watched one or two episodes before each show it was ej's boat that he made oh the, my the, goodness but the, but the raft he made and it had seats on it and it had it was sidebars it, it was incredible <laughs> i mean that guy yeah. that guy's a walking miracle isn't he Stephen? oh yeah he's awesome we love ej he, I mean, he was our first episode the very first show we filmed was with ej and um, we, we knew we were on to something special when we, we were filming with EJ because that guy just would not would not lie down. I mean, I remember he got um, his foot got really badly infected because of all the thorns and the, and um, the dirt in it. And we were, we actually had to take him to um, out of, out of his shelter area yeah. and down to our bush camp area so that the doctor could treat it in a in a clean environment. But he he didn't he did not want to go. I had to drag him out. Of there. <laughs> Even, but if he hadn't, he'd have got, you know, could have got sepsis, it could yeah. have gone really badly south. Oh, he'd have hacked so it off. Have he'd have made a tourniquet <laughs> and he'd have hacked it off. The Rambo style. Of course he would have done. <laughs> He's nuts. Yeah, um, absolutely. What's, what's next, Stephen? What, what, what's the next project? Like, what what, what uh, the next insanity are you working on? Well, we're actually shooting our next season of Naked and Afraid now. Oh, We've got um, beautiful. three locations uh, working at the same time. We've got one shoot going on in Mexico, another one in Nicaragua, <laughs> and a third one in Brazil. Uh, later on, we'll be going to uh, Southern Africa again. We haven't decided the location yet, but it's probably somewhere like um, you know, some uh, crazy area in South Africa with lots of lines and beautiful crops and stuff like that oh, or maybe botswana Stephen, um, if you if, yeah, you're ever, if you're ever thinking about sending a slightly grumpy man out somewhere like the lake district <laughs> i know a guy <laughs> I, 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 you're I, on. I could, uh, we haven't done much england um uh, well i was gonna say has, has the idea and i'm not saying this to me but because there are some you know american the idea of a celebrity edition of naked and afraid has that been tossed around it must have been 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've talked about doing that a lot. It's um, it's difficult to get celebs to sign up for the amount of time yeah. they leave because, you know, it's a three-week shoot. But they are actually out there for 21 days. Yeah. It's not like they a few days and then stop and then do a few more days and stop. It's continuous. So getting somebody to commit to that for three weeks is, is tricky. But um, there are some people we, we know who would be interested. But it's, uh, and again, nudity for a celeb is, is an issue. Yeah. Especially, you know, even though you won't see any of it, it's blurring. You know what it's like dealing with uh, A-listers or even B-listers. You know, they have their own requirements. And you don't get the entourage, you don't get the manager, and you don't get the riders on set day. You know, there's no blue M&Ms. <laughs> or or a, bum, a bum double. Well, yeah, make my pixelation bigger, please. <laughs> <laughs> People do ask for that. Guys have asked for bigger birds. <laughs> oh, Stephen, I, I'm so glad we got to talk. Thank you so much for this. I, 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 honestly, I just think it is such a good show. And um, I, I, I'm going to go and I want to try and start a fire with <laughs> with my clothes on. But I want to do the rubbing of the, <laughs> the starters. For starters. Um, Stephen, listen, you, anytime you want to come on the show and talk about any projects, you're more than welcome. And thank you so much for Naked and Afraid. We absolutely love it. Thanks very much. Great talking to you. And any time. Nice one, Stephen. Thank you, mate. There we go. Stephen Rankin, the producer. They've all been nice people with this show. What is, what's going on? I did, I I know that he wouldn't have answered it. I did want to say, who are the celebrities you've, you've, uh... They'd have to be like ex-forces or something. The average celebrity would be too lily-livered to go out What celebrity would you put on naked and a... Right. Oh well, you what you you get someone nuts, and the person that springs to mind just because I saw her on the cover of a magazine yesterday, Roseanne Barr, because she's nuts, or Sandra Bernhardt, because they're crazy, mm. and you need a crazy person to go and do it. I love the fact that that snake bite was the like day one he's, of them scouting. He's the man that comes to my mind, Willem Dafoe. Oh God, yes, yeah. Oh no, Gary Boosie. Boosie. There we go. Boosie and Bernhardt, naked oh. and afraid. Oh, baby, I can see it. Okay, so here we go. If we're going to do the Lake District version. <laughs> yes. You want someone. Because um, they're going to be spearing rabbits. Can you imagine? Ken Barlow. I bet he's <laughs> nuts. Ken Barlow, at the end of day one, he'd have he'd have the, the war paint over his face with a spear. <laughs> day 28. It's been over for a week, Ken. Come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh three four four. Oh, thanks for sorting out, Kath. I oh, love that. What a nice man. D- honest. Don't worry, listeners. We're, we're going to ease off on the naked and afraid a bit because I know that not everyone digs it. But I, it's my little thing at the moment. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative with me and Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on air and off the on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I enjoyed that. What a nice bloke. Good evening, dear listener. It's um laid back. Late night alternative this evening. No periscope. Uh, 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 let me just take the top of my head off for 30 seconds. Indulge me. I feel absolutely awful today. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I, um, I changed my dosage of metazapine ever so slightly, which meant I slept a lot. Um, I took two, actually, when I should have taken one. There you go. Um, and I slept a lot. And I, I woke up at, uh, at 11, and I just thought, I can't, I can't get back. Then I woke up, suddenly it was quarter to two. And I just... Um, I just lay in bed. Tony, I'll come to you in a second. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I had no reason to get out of bed today. I had nothing to get out of bed for. And so I just lay in bed. I tried to play a bit of Resident Evil on the Xbox and I wasn't enjoying it, so I stopped it. 
Um, I, 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 the, the, the most I could do was listen to old episodes of You and Yours on the BBC Radio 4 uh, iPlayer, and I just lay in bed. And then, about three, I managed to sit up in bed, thinking, come on, I've got to do something. And I sat up, my feet on the floor, for about 20 minutes. Then I got up and had a shower, and then I went and... Uh, but honestly, I have found today so hard to just have any inkling as what the purpose is i'm not saying this because i want sympathy or anything like that at all au contraire i don't i don't it embarrasses me getting sympathy on twitter it embarrasses me but um you know today was a really tough day and that's partly why i rode the scooter in because i thought i need to do something to um wake up my senses you know something i have to focus on. if i drive in in the car i can switch off i can li- i'm listening to the elvis costello audiobook and i i can switch my head off i thought if i ride in on the scooter i i have to stay alert and i have to focus and that's kind of what i need to do but um I, I, I've, I've been, I've been, since New York, I've been inspired, I've been working hard, and I've been focused, and, uh, today, I just felt like, uh, you know, I'm gonna say it, and embarrassed, cause Kath walk, was walking, I felt like I wanted to kill myself. That's what I felt like today. Hi, Kath, welcome. Hi. Welcome to the fun bit of the show. I'm just kind of explaining why there's no periscope and where my head is today, as I was in bed thinking, well, there's no real purpose to any of this. I might have, anyway, but I'm not saying because I want sympathy or anything on Twitter because I don't because that embarrasses me. But that's just where we are. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Tony is in Birmingham. Ian, Tony, how are we doing again? Good to speak to you again. It must be yes. What have you got for us, Tony? Well, I, well, I did have a particular topic, but firstly, I am. Um... Um, it was sad to see that you were feeling that way today. Yeah. I don't mean that in terms of, I know not, you're not um, craving sympathy or anything, nope. but um, it's it's never nice to hear somebody say they don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I did I did drop you a tweet earlier, actually. I don't know if you saw it. You probably get a master's. I dropped you a, a, a video to watch. Oh, um, now, this was this the Christopher Hitchens thing? Yes. Now, yes, I didn't, because yes. I very, very rarely, and this isn't you, this is, this is, the kind, I very rarely click on links. Very, very rarely. Just because, um, I, I, I clicked on a link once, and it sent me something really horrible. Um, and so I very rarely. But no, I didn't watch it, but I appreciate the fact that you, um, uh, you took the time to send it to me. Uh, and you said it was effective for you when you were feeling a bit low. Absolutely. What I mean, is it? What, what is it? What's he? What's he talking about in it? Basically, well, forgetting the crux of the conversation, it's part of a debate he was having with a, a Christian fundamentalist about something. But putting that aside, it was basically, you know, the, a conversation, um, a statement uh, regarding how you know the awe-inspiring nature of the universe, mm. and just quite simply what happens in the galaxy and the universe, yeah. how we came to be. And it's incredible to listen to, and it really does give you, you know, it, it's entitled "If You Want to Be Awe Inspired." Yes. It really is, you know. If you one thing that one thing I personally think helps when you when you do feel like that, and you're in this little bubble, and you you you, yeah. you can't really see any way of, of getting out of bed, and you think, oh, you know, can't be bothered, don't want to know. Um, you know, if you if if you learn, you know, if you, if you take the, t- I'm a big believer in sort of education. Teach you something, teach yourself something you've never known before, something you've never learned before, something that 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 you could quite simply not say anything about because you know very little about. And what what that the reason why I sent you that video was just it really highlights to me it's something I often watch. Mm. Uh, it's only sort of five six minute video. It explains, you know. 
where did we come from? What's happening in the universe? Yeah. The nature of black holes, the nature of galaxies, the nature mm-hmm. of the universe. And it is awe-inspiring. It's yeah. something that really puts things in perspective yeah. of, 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 of why we're here, and, it, and it's fascinating. And so that it doesn't work for everyone, but for me, that really does put things in perspective and makes you think, you know, it, it, when you're in that sort of bubble... Yes. Um, and it is a bubble, yeah. No, I get, I get yeah, that. It is a yeah. bubble, yeah. Um, it, I think it, one of the key things for me, I know different things work for other people, but I think it, it, if you can get the way of getting out of that bubble is thinking, well, you're this sort of minute, indiscriminate part of this the, the, the suburb of a galaxy of, of, of a billion galaxies yeah, yeah. in the universe. And if you can really look into that, really learn and open your mind and understand the things that are going on around you and far away from you, it, it does awe-inspire you. It does make you think, do you know what? There's an amazing world we live in. The, 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 the avenues we've got now for education, for learning, for learning new topics, for understanding who we are, it really, really does. And yet they still can't a- put any good films on Amazon Prime. Because they're all crap. They are! 59 quid I've wasted on that. Look, do you know what, Ian? I called you originally tonight to talk about my discontent having not, well, that's probably quite arrogant of me, my discontent of not watching a second of Love Island, how much I, I feel I don't need to to understand probably what's going on on there, what you were talking about earlier. I remember um, after the first series of Love Island came out, I remember there was a there was an interview with Stephen Merchant regarding that, and his, his report to that was, where is a tsunami when you need one? Well, there you go. Um, Who hosted the first Love Island? Was it um, Jane Middlemiss? No, she was one of the contestants, and I used to like Jane Middlemiss. She? Oh, it was celebrities, wasn't it, originally? Yeah, I remember, yeah. So yeah. they're not <laughs> celebrities now, then? <laughs> no, no, they're, 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 they're probably people who will no doubt appear on next year's Big Brother, I right. thought. Um, it's a kind of career path, I think, the way they Yeah, once now. Big Brother started getting on people that, that were famous because they'd been on other game shows. Yeah. You, you know, television started eating itself. I thought, yeah, you know, we, um, we don't need, we don't need that. It's, it's, it's a I weird mean, thing, TV. I mean, does it, I often think to myself, does it, does this mean that I'm, I'm, I've reached the age of 33 and I've become victim major already? I mean, I often debate that with myself. I think, well, am I at that stage where I am already victim elder, or am I a realist? And I think well, myself, you know, the amazing things you can learn and be inspired by. And, yeah, I and think I think it is an age thing. I think it is an age thing. You know, as, I, I am saying what my mum and dad would have said about stuff that yeah. you know, that, and, and 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 I'm not supposed to like modern pop music because it's not for me. It's for twelve year old boys and girls, and that's fine. And 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 I'm you know, and I go, oh, I wish she put a top on and all of that stuff. I think it is partly an age. I think it is an age thing, and that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it is. It is, and and there's a thought. There's a part of me that thinks, is this escapism? You know, why not escape and and fill, fill your day with perhaps even if even if the only thing you get you, you're going to get out of it is laughing at people that are simply uh, <laughs> probably morally worse than you. Yes, maybe that makes you a bad person. However, you know, is it escapism or is it merely? Is it me that is it just me that finds the wonders of the universe far more fascinating, wow. invigorating, and a reason to get out of bed Tony, <laughs> than, than watching, you know, you know, people having it um, on telly? That's but just basically I, I, what it I is. I was actually going to say fr- frolicating. Well, frolicating. Oh, frolicating. Tony, 
Well, well, that is very much a um, a Vic Melvery word. Tony, on, on, on that frolicating bombshell, we should say thank you for your inspiring words. This is great, gratefully appreciated and, and, and evidence, if we still needed it, that there are indeed nice people out there. 0344-499-1000 is the um, telephone number. I was going to go somewhere very profound, and I've, I've completely, completely forgotten... Where it is I was going to go. So, um... I shan't go there. By the way, guys, um, the Sun, which owns us, can still criticise it. What the hell are you thinking on page 24, you absolute morons? What's they got? Experts formula for fit fundaments. Pythagoras theorem for calculating the perfect bum. Oh. It's a theorem that would do ancient Greek maths whiz, Pythagoras proud. Ancient Greek maths whiz, Pythagoras. If you listen very carefully, you can hear his dusty remains turning in their tomb. Experts say the perfect female bottom scores 0.7 when you divide the waist measurement in inches by the hips. These are the people that bought Talk Radio, guys. Here, Cara Dolman figures which stars fit the formula and rates each four for peachiness. Wow. And there's some pictures of some bums. These guys own us now. I can see why Ed's left. His ratio is all wrong. Rosie Huntington Whiteley. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, Richard Whiteley's um, former lover. The model and actress has every reason to be rosy-cheeked with her 24-inch waist and 35-inch hips, scoring 0.69. And uh, that scores her five peaches. (laughs) The American model, Kendall Jenner, is top of the bots with her 24-inch waist and 34-inch hips, generating, generating a a magnificent 0.71. She also gets five peaches. How old is she? Is she 18? I don't know. Kelly Brook. The English rose rises to the challenge with her 28-inch waist and 37-inch hips, producing a very shapely 0.76. She only gets... Kelly Brook only gets three peaches. No. Um, the sultry British singer Rita Ora is so bot right now. Oh my god! They own us. Good one, good one, guys. With a twenty-five inch waist and thirty-five inch hips, producing a very peachy zero point seven five peaches. Um, She's optimum peachage. Emily Ratojowski. Okay. Her surname is a mouthful. Her backside's an eyeful. That's it. Wow. A near perfect 0.71. Five peaches. Um, Amber Rose gets three peaches. Demi Rose gets four peaches. Uh, Kim Kardashian gets three peaches. Oh, dear. Salma Hayek gets three peaches. They've stopped. Do- the reason I've stopped reading is because they've stopped doing jokes. They obviously ran out of jokes, so they don't do jokes anymore. 
L. McPherson gets five peaches. Oh, no, there's a joke here. The Aussie supermodel boasts one L of a backside. Boom. Um, Victoria's Secret can't keep the Brazilian under wraps. Alessandro Ambrosio. Um, and Jessica Alba gets five peaches. So there we go, guys. Um, if you've got issues about your body, don't look at page 24 of The Sun. If you like looking at just the arse of a woman... <laughs> It's a film, isn't it, with Al Pacino? Just the arse of a woman. Uh, and you don't want to see the legs or the back or the face or know anything about them. You don't want to talk to her. No, no, no. You just want the arse of a woman. Then page 24 of our new paymasters um, will keep you happy and satisfied. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk... Permission to say something controversial. What, again? Yeah. Go on, then. This is proper, though. This is proper upset people. Go 0344 499 Go on. Pride of Britain Awards, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Just see what, you, see what you think about this. Coronation Street turned into Nomination Street as its stars backed our Pride of Britain Awards. And the stars of Coronation Street have got an idea of, for a group of people that should win an award. Jenny McAlpine, Anthony Cotton and Kim Marsh, a.k.a. Fizz, Sean and Michelle, were yesterday keen to pay tribute to Manchester after the May terror attack. Breaking from filming to urge people to nominate everyday heroes, Jenny said, Manchester has been through a pretty difficult time. And I would nominate a group of people for the Pride of Britain Award. The whole of the city. They deserve an award for coming together in what was the most horrendous of circumstances. Um, the whole of Manchester well, for Pride of Britain I mean... Because I can think of some individuals who really, you know, like, for example, the homeless guy mm. who, who stepped up and... You know, some of the paramedics who were first on the scene. Mm. The, the whole, whole of Manchester. The, the whole of Manchester. Because I'm pretty sure R. Stephen didn't do anything. <laughs> but he would definitely go to the party. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not making, like, we're not making light of what happened and not making light of the Pride of Britain Awards. You know, that, the, 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 the first thing was, was, was awful. The second thing is great. But the whole of Manchester, that just feels like a really dumb thing. That feels like a dumb thing to, cause then you'd have to, you'd have to have Manchester and London competing against each other. And the winner is, mm, Manchester! And Manchester will be celebrating and London will be, oh no, on top of everything. And now we don't even win. I think Jenny McAlpine's heart is in the right place. God, look at her. Look at Jenny McAlpine now. No. That's Fizz, is it? Yeah. Fizz was... Um... I, th- I think her heart's in the right place. I, I get it. But a boy ain't in the white place. I like the Coronation Street guys. Yeah. When, when I used to do a breakfast television programme on Channel 4 that no one watched, we would often have the Coronation Street guys on and the EastEnders guys on. And Did they fight? Pretty, well, not at the same time. Pretty much all of the Coronation Street people were... Wonderful. We had Fizz on. Wonderful. We had um, the young lady that was going out with 
um, the ma- the boring nurse who now makes cheese in real life. She was an age gap. She was a schoolgirl. Oh, right, yeah. You know her. Martin Platt and, and We had her on. Saran Jones we mm-hmm. had on. Tracy Barlow. Notice how I'm mixing up the real names and the fictional names. Yeah. Um, She's but, called Kate. Yeah. Didn't have, we didn't have Dev. Never got Dev. And all of them, um, we had Sammy Agadia. All of them without... I think we had Anthony Cotton. All of them without fail were the most delightful, wonderful, charming, thrilled to be there. Where do you want us? What? How long do you want us for? What can we get? Can, can we take pictures? Oh, of course you can. Wonderful people. Everyone from EastEnders was well, Marty. Mm. A proper grumpy. Turn up a bit late. What time can we go? Can we? Can you get? Can you get us a coffee, please? It was all that kind of. Real different vibe to them, and I think it's. I think it is filming in London, where you are open to London's temptations, and and and, and you get treated like a star, as opposed to filming in Manchester. And I think it's a, it's a completely different vibe. I have to say that my only experience of working in television in London was on Crime Watch. Yes, and. The so, Manchester crooks compared to the London crooks. No, what nope. I was going to say to you is, yes. I worked on a reconstruction, oh, and yeah. a quite famous one, and um, the Jill Dando one. Oh, and yes. I remember the way. Yeah, and these are like people who were playing the bloke at the end of the street. Yeah, the man in the Mac. Yeah, the you know, they were all actors. Yeah, and they threw their weight about. Oh no, I, I can well believe that. I, I can well believe that. And, and Crime Watch was beneath them. Uh, I'm, I'm totally, totally sure. But then that's why they were, in inverted commas, only doing Crime Watch, partly because of that attitude. And they would have all studied and trained mm. and Stanislavski and, and, and been three years at Rome. I would have done all of that. Um, I don't forget my mate, um, played a coward in it. Played a coward. Crime Is Watch. It, yeah, it was, it was, um, I mean, terrible story, really, but he played a coward. Him and his girlfriend in the reconstruction having a little bit of nookie in the back seat, and then these blokes burst in, and he goes, No, no, please, please, just take, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. And they drag her oh. off and attack her. <gasps> and we, he, he never lived that down. He, Darren, never lived that down. But that down. wasn't really. No, 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 but he played a coward. He did it well. He played a coward. Paul in Stoke Poges, just sit this week out, dude. You can see you calling in. Sit this week out. I just think you need to chill out, dude. Sit this week out, all right? Everyone else is welcome to call in. 0344 499 1000 is the um, telephone number. If you want to give us a call. Uh, it was the... Um, oh, uh, let's, 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 let's go on a bit of a downer for a minute. What the hell has been going on in Jersey? <laughs> oh, awful! I don't want to dwell on it too much, but because it's it's just if you if you here's the thing if you dwell on this we had that call saying look out at the wonders of the universe and it will lighten your soul I'm sure it will if you dwell on this story too much it will drive you absolutely insane but I think it warrants a mention um, because it is just the most horrific story decades of sexual uh, and physical and mental abuse of children decades decades of it front page of the metro 
talks about that Haute de la Garenne, is that how yeah. you'd say it? Haute de la Garenne. Which is um, the famous one where, remember about five, five, ten years ago? They started excavating it, Because they? They, they thought that there were, there were reports of, like, children's teeth and bone in the cellar. Now, if I remember correctly, and we'll read this story in a second, if I remember correctly, that, that there was no evidence was actually found. They dug it all up and no evidence was actually found. But it was, you know, Jimmy Savile used to pop along there for, you know, for, for weekends. I mean, flipping heck. Um, a house of horrors visited by notorious paedophile Jimmy Savile was at the heart of a regime of child slavery, bullying and sex abuse for decades and should be demolished. An inquiry has found Haute de la Garenne Children's Home was in the grip of a culture of fear that lasted in Jersey for 57 years. 60 years of kids. At a place, vulnerable kids anyway, at a place where they should be their most protected and nurtured, being raped and beaten and tortured. 57 years. Flipping it. Don't worry, after 12 we'll lighten the mood again. But I just think this is... Uh, youngsters sent there who were forced to sell flowers on the street would be beaten if they failed to find buyers for every balloon. Oh my God, it's Dickensian. And the home was just one centre of abuse on an island where children could be taken from their families just for being rude and cheeky. <gasps> A girl from the church-run <laughs> Sacre Coeur home nearby was once whipped so severely she was kept off school for two weeks until God. her injuries healed. Francis Oldham QC continued on page four. Sorry, guys. We, 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 I, I feel this is such a big story that I, I haven't actually heard enough about this on the radio as I would like to. It's the wrong phrase, but as, as I think is necessary. Who led the four-year inquiry said so Jersey children may still be at risk of abuse as lessons of the past have not been learned. There can be no doubt, quote from her, that a significant number of children suffered physical abuse, sexual abuse and emotional neglect. We find it deplorable that Jersey has failed to understand its role as corporate parent. Ms Oldham said since 1945, Jersey had cut itself off from care reforms. Complaint procedures were decades behind, leaving abused youngsters powerless to seek help. Here we go. Children were routinely locked in, a, in secure rooms a practice seen as a last resort elsewhere. And at the Blanche Pierre home, managers Alan and Jane Maguire, Alan and Jane Maguire, remember those names of those assholes, noted down the punishments they used to terrorise children. We find it astonishing that a record of flagrantly abusive punishments was available for inspection, Ms Oldham said. Police carried out excavations at the home in 2008 after reports that part of a child's skull had been discovered. It later turned out to be a coconut. There you go. A man also revealed he was once sent there to dig lime pits, sometimes used to get rid of bodies, but when the holes were uncovered, nothing was found. Officers identified 192 victims of abuse and 151 offenders, but just seven people have been convicted. They got away with it. Alan Collins, lawyer for the Jersey Care Leavers Association, paid tribute to the courage of the survivors who gave evidence the inquiry has thrown down the gauntlet to Jersey's lawmakers and politicians to make child protection fit for the 21st century. Is This happened it's not even within living memory. You know, up until a few years ago, it may still be going on somewhere, but they kind of have to say that. Um, and then it goes, oh, there's a Jimmy Savile thing. I don't want to think any more on that. It is just the most horrendous 
been this the news recently this week the news has been and it's only tuesday it's been awful there's a court case going on about something and then you get that and the the nut job that was going to do a bomb at an elton john Con- there's there's just he's been sentenced hasn't he the, that guy i think i think mm-hmm. he's been sentenced to life just a just awful week of news and it's only tuesday it's only tuesday what else have we got to look forward to that story is so heartbreaking and the metro doesn't really go into much detail and which is kind of, I listened to a bit of it on Radio 4 the other day, maybe yesterday as I was driving in, I had to switch it off. I had to switch it off. It might have been either Friday or yesterday, I can't remember. I had to switch it off because it was just so heartbreaking. You know, kids, kids, our kids' ages, that was happening to. Our kids' ages. Do you remember when we were little, there was a huge scandal about the way children were being, quote-unquote, looked after in Romania? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turns out we yeah. weren't that much further on. Imagine. Our kids' ages, they were whipping them. I know. They were locking them up in a room on their own. They were doing all kinds of un- obscene things to them for their for their own pleasure. What the no. And it was happening on, on British soil. You know, Jersey. It's, British, it's, ours, it's ours, isn't it? We own that, don't we? It was happening under our watch. And we let it happen under our watch. Arseholes like Jimmy Savile would go there and have like do it like it was a, it was a pick and mix, you know? Awful, awful, awful. The saddest, saddest story, guys. And you know what? We're all guilty because it or it happened under our watch. Oh, man. I'm sorry to bring the mood down. We'll lighten the mood after midnight. I promise, I promise, I promise. 0344 499 1000. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Oh, i just been to the Talk Radio website. Some of the, the bile that spews out of my colleagues. Oh, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? We'll lighten the mood in the last hour, dear listener. 0344 499 1000. Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Ding dong, ding a dong, ding. Come on, everybody, join in. Ding dong, having at that party aren't they having fun at that party it sounds like a fun party good evening dear listener this is the late night alternative with me and lee we're on talk radio every weeknight between 10 and 1 it's the best slot and it's a show unlike any other show in that we just sit here and we talk about what's going on in our lives and what's going on in the paper and uh you're welcome to call in we're going to take call straight to air for the last hour of the show because 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 it's a very special day it is ed's last show here well is it the last show ever at talk radio for now, at least. What? Huh? Well, th- there is always. I mean, there is always a chance I might come back one Sorry? day. Sorry. 
It's for, yeah, it's pretty much the last one. Okay, but so you're not doing any more tomorrow? No, no, this, this, this okay. is it. This, this is, is it. This, this is, is the it. last 56 minutes of... The, where you get your phone out I'm for? just putting it there, just in case the tweet comes through. Flip it, heck, mate. Calm down. <laughs> also checking it's on silent. So if you want to call up and um, maybe say goodbye to Ed, wish him luck, or, or, or tell him how you really feel, 0344... Four nine nine one thousand. We'll take calls straight to air. Good evening, live one. Uh, line one, you're live on the radio. How is this, Ian? It's Paul from Liverpool. Hello, Paul from Liverpool. Yes, it's Ian. Yes, I'm glad that you're very cheerful. I, I, you threw me a bit earlier on when you said you're feeling suicidal today. And I thought, oh my god, that's heavy. Yeah, these these just sharing, just sharing where my head's at, man. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to sing this little song to you about reach your... No, hang on, what was it? Lift up your heart, lift up your voice. You are rejoice a terrible singer. And I said rejoice. <laughs> you are a terrible... Ter- I thought everyone in Liverpool could sing. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you. <laughs> Anyone can sing. Do people, sing do, uh, do people in Liverpool get sick of the Beatles? No, we love the Beatles. Really? Well. We just can't get enough of them, yeah. They were just great guys, weren't they? They were real scousers and they were but just... But it is kind I... of everywhere. I mean, I went to Liverpool for the first time last year, I'm ashamed to say. Yeah. I don't, no, I've been briefly before, wow. but... Wow! I, I spent a couple of nights there. Um, but, um, it, I mean, they, they are everywhere there, aren't they? Not really. They're around and about, but uh, we love the Beatles. I mean, uh, you know, Paul McCartney, great guy. John Lennon, great guy. George Harrison, great songwriter. Ringo Starr. Come, no, come on now, <laughs> Paul. I love Ringo. Oh, no, Richie, Richie, we call him Richie, Richie Starkey. He was a true scouser. Yeah, and they were just they were just four and four lads from Liverpool who shook the world. They were just normal lads from Liverpool. Went to state schools, wrote a few songs, and they've just become huge. I tell you what, I'm, I'm listening to at the moment, Paul. I'm listening to. Um, the um and Catherine's here and Ed are here, the full compliment. I'm listening to the Elvis Costello autobiography being read yeah, by him. Yeah. And he talks about um his dad his dad was worked in like a big band and he uh, and he would have to yeah, he would yeah, bring yeah. home records and have to learn, you know, like big band songs. And then one day his dad brought home this record and he was listening from upstairs and it was um Please Please Me. And he said he yeah. felt this chill go through his spine. It's a great song, right? And he said he, he felt this chill. Yeah. And he, he, he nicked the record and he listened to it and he listened to it. And then he goes from that to talking about working with Paul McCartney, because obviously he worked with him. And, and he, yeah. he, he, yeah. Go, he talks about the thrill of, of being in the wings watching Paul McCartney rehearse. And Paul McCartney's manager talks about uh, the, 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 a gig a year after Linda died and there was like a big sort of celebration yeah. of her life at the Royal Albert Hall. And McCartney's up there singing and it's a bit morose and flat and McCartney's manager yeah. says to Elvis why don't you go on and do some harmonies with him and he's like no no I couldn't yeah and and he does and he goes on and it's just it's just a joyous thing of being that going from that that eight-year-old boy whatever listening to please please me yeah. to going on stage and singing with him do it, and you know the Beatles what was unique about them was the chemistry between them yep. I I actually think that Paul McCartney was the key to that because he's a very sociable guy yep. he doesn't work, do it by himself he never has done but if you get people next to him and can interact with him he suddenly takes off Yeah. Know? see I've got a theory but, about uh, Paul McCartney go on you know they all kind of made out yeah. that he was this a bit of a slave driver but someone had to be couldn't yeah. let everyone else flake out could he oh listen he had, the, 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 towards oh, the end on, they were pumping out the tunes the Beatles they were only in the yeah, 20s only he the amount of 
lose if they generate yeah. oh, you wouldn't have to drive them they were yeah driven, you would oh, they no were... but here's the thing he held the band together at the end right when it, well, all the drugs got into it and the egos got into it and, and, and there was a brilliant there was a famous meeting towards oh, right. the end right when John Lennon said to everyone, all the other three Beatles, we've got, we're having a meeting today at 11 o'clock at, um, Apple offices. Yeah. I've got something to, I've got something really important to tell you. And they're all thinking, oh God, he's going to leave the band. I've got to, and they turned up, right? And Lennon was off his nut, tripping off his nut. And he went, right guys, I'm Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's and it, that's then when good. you're, de- when you're the dealing with coming. that, when you're dealing with that, well, you know, <laughs> someone has got to risk being unpopular. Well, look, at the, look at the adulation he got. I mean, Jesus you know, wouldn't have got that. I mean, he might have got that adulation in heaven, but not on earth. He was just a carpenter from Nazareth. Yes. I mean, John Lennon, they, they were screaming when yeah, yeah, yeah. he went hysterical. Oh, and they were kids, you're right. Guy- they were kids, right? And also, here's the thing, right? Now, nowadays, Coldplay released a new album. It takes three or four years, right? They were releasing yeah. about, early on, about three albums a year, and also about yeah. four singles a year that weren't on the albums. And there was a big Ferrari when, I mean, 1967, it got to June, and they hadn't released an album. The longest gap between any, so they rushed, they rushed out Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. Well, if you go from August 1962, when they released uh, Love Me Do, so when they break up at the end of 69, that's yep. seven years. And then I put, that's seven years. Oh, mate. Just extraordinary. Oh, it's incredible. George Harrison was 26 or, tw- he just turned 27 when the Beatles split up. And, and the, the, just the speed at which they matured, you know, yep. they went from being this little sort of yep. rockabilly band yep. to being this sort of... Oh, I love it. I love it. Band. Those people that say they I don't just, like the Beatles, I just, I just think there's, there's a massive hole in your soul, guys. Well, it's a voyage. If you go into the Beatles, their journey. I mean, it's like a journey through the universe. It's just an incredible journey to follow them. Paul, I loved loved all of that call, apart from your singing. You need to work on that. But thank you. You're a good sport. Um, it was good. I enjoyed that. Um, 0344 499 We're taking calls straight to air for the last 50 minutes of the show, for the last 50 minutes of, of Ed's meaningful career. How long <laughs> have you been in, in, uh, Britain for, Ed? Uh, nearly two years now. Wowzers. Yeah, it's And did you, how long did it take you to get this job? Or had you had it lined up already? So I knew that the station was starting. Yes. We had someone from TalkSport come visit in New Zealand. Sorry? I know. They Flirty f- fishing. Just a wee bit. No, they were here for, they were there for the Cricket World Cup. Oh, yeah. Sports who, who did you have over there? Uh, John Norman. Oh, yeah, I don't know these people. Anyway, he came over. He said, "Oh, yeah, they're starting some new stations, so I keep an eye out for it." So I've been sort of slowly, yeah. just always been keeping an eye out for it. And then suddenly they said they were advertising for producers. While you were over here, while they- I was over here, so it was a few months after I arrived. And you, uh, you came over here with your girlfriend. She's yep. She came over together. Yep. And um, but you had no job lined up. No job. Well, not until I got to Thailand on the way here, and someone said, "Well, there's a." Temp job going at oh. this business news website, which is See, I, there's no, I, to be to be um, young and and full of. Well, <laughs> I would never have dared do young, that. dumb, and full of uh, vigor. vigor. I was freaking out when I got when we got to that part of the holiday because a friend of mine wrote yeah. an article which was published in the paper back home saying, you know, everyone says that they love Kiwis over in the UK, but actually it's bloody hard to get a job. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and I was entirely thinking, okay, I'm arriving in a week and I've got no job lined up. Oh, Okay. Was this and was this the first? So you got the temping stuff, but was yep. this the first job that you went for? Did you go for like LBC no, I, I and a few went other for places? A few others. I, start, I started to make a few contacts at some of the others. Where did you go to? Uh, I went out, gave LBC a call, but didn't yeah. actually get in the door. I was okay. about to, and then this came right. through. Okay. Um, 
And how did you find it? Because uh, the weird thing is, I've never been at the start-up of a station. Mm. You know, I've always gone to places and replaced someone. Um, and it was a bit of a punt for me and Kath to come to a start-up of a station, because if you look at the history of stations that they started up, the original lineup never lasts more than two years. Never, It just never does. So it was a punt. But how, how, how did you find it, you know, kind of getting thrown in at the deep end, really? <laughs> it, was, it was thrown in the deep end. Uh, do you remember the guy that used to produce, se- that used to host 7 till 10? Johnny. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, yeah nice guy. Um, really, you know, I've l- loved working with him, yep. but that first week was absolutely hell for me because we got through, you know, we got through the first show just, yep. and it was like, okay, we've got five minutes at the end. What the hell are we going to do? And then the yeah. last day, Johnny completely lost his voice. I'm thinking, oh, okay, oh. is it going to be like this for the whole time, or is this just, just the first week thing? So it was qu- kind of a hard first yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, there I was found more. It... There was more stuff in Johnny and Ash's show, wasn't there? Yeah. There was more stuff there than there is in the That had that been yes. the brief, though, hadn't it? Because yeah. we didn't expect to get a lot of people phoning in for the first few months. Yeah. And so it was just a matter of yeah. loads of stuff in there, so it sounds busy. But mm. also, it's styles as well. J- mm-hmm. James's style is more laid back and chatting, and oh, here's a caller. Oh, we're going to go to a guest a bit later. It's more laid yeah. back, isn't exactly. It? It's very empty, but empty with purpose. No, I'm, I'm so very empty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an excellent issue. Stay there, we've got a call. Uh, line one, you're on the wireless. Three, four. You know this song? This is the B-side to Let It Be. This is a great song. You know my name. Look up. It's a great song. Thank you for that. Um, I love them Beatles. I love them Beatles. I've, you know, I bought the box set of Beatles albums on mono, right, for 50 quid. You can't get it now. You get it for I got it for 50. I just looked online. Oh, 50 quid. And I, I, need to, um, I need to have listened to it. Anyway, um, so don't worry about that. We'll, do the, we'll, do, we'll, we'll just put the, this one and the half past together. We, we can do these things, Ed. Um, breaking all the rules. In breaking the all the rules, we'll blame, guys. We'll blame you once you're gone. Um, <laughs> and... Um, how uh, how have uh, what have been the highlights and what have been the lowlights for you? Be uh, be honest, speak yeah. honestly. You know, if I've been a dick, say I've been a dick. I mean, you know, I don't think yeah. I have been a dick. He wouldn't say that. He'd say you've been a duck. <laughs> It's more like a, a duck. Quang, quang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go on, like, give us, give us, give us the, the, the highlights and the lowlights. Low light was probably that first get the end of that first week when everything just felt like it was falling apart. Yeah, that seven to ten show. And then after ten, it was fine. Yeah, um, and also really, really screwing up your very first minutes on air by not having your laptop fader up. Oh yeah, and I had, had, a little, <laughs> had a little thing worked out of gunshots and old jingles and stuff. Oh, man, does it? I, mean, I think I was angry at the time, but it's funny those things that seem so important that don't exactly. don't matter. I think um highlights have been the people like you guys you guys are absolutely awesome and you guys you know i've worked together for however many years and have just yeah. taken me in and be, I'm, I'm kind of like the the extra person here but i've you know i've never felt like the extra person i've always felt part of the team good so well my my fear has always been that i've because because we because me and kath have worked together for about four years before we came here and we had a we had a very tight team of me her and kelly and justin and uh, my worry was always that you'd feel a little bit left out because you, me, this show was kind of a show already. You know, mm. we we had, we had the one advantage over every other show on this station is that this we we knew what the show was. You know, because we'd worked together for so long, um, and we kind of knew how we were going to do a late night show. Whereas everyone else 
uh, you know, Paul and Julia and stuff, they've got years of experience, but not with working with a, that producer that they were given for their shows. They you all know, had they new just, teams and new people. They were paired up with people, yeah. whereas we kind of had a thing. But I was always worried that you would feel left out no, of, I never, of us. I never felt left out in the last year and a bit. Okay. Never at all. Okay. Except for that time you abandoned me while you guys went off to New York. Oh, well, that was... Uh, <laughs> that Someone was... <laughs> needed to stay behind for the glamour. Exactly. Um, Someone needed to press the button every yeah. so often. Any, um... Kind of, you mentioned that the, the, the first week, and the first week was stressful for yeah. everyone. I mean, flipping heck, it was, it was, a, it was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but any bits where you've, you've, you know, any shows or any I- incidents, you don't need to mention names if you don't want to, of where you've gone home and gone, wow, oh, man, that was a tough day. That mm. was a bad. Other than that, nothing comes to mind straight away. Yeah. Um, other than that first week, that first week was just, yeah, that's, that sort of haunts me. <laughs> I, I, I have a recording of show one from johnny johnny and ash's show oh, i'm yeah. too scared to listen to it oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean it was a it was a it was a tough old week yeah you know we got calls didn't we on the first i, I my my thinking was because i'd had a there was there was i'd had a, sort of a lot more press attention than i'd had in years because of the whole gay things and the christian thing and all of that stuff and it had turned into this big thing that I, I hated being the centre of. I hated it, hated it. You know, it was well, awful. It, it started to not be about you. Yeah, it? no, it became well, this, very quickly. This wasn't big about thing, you. you know, and I, I absolutely hated it. But it meant that we had a bit of, you know, I had a bit of cachet in terms of, of there was a lot of, there were a significant number of people that were looking, A, with excitement to me doing this, and B, with, right, let's let's see if he's any good. And I always knew that we'd get calls for the first three weeks. I was confident that we would get shed loads of calls for the first three weeks for the novelty factor. But then it would it would drop off mm-hmm. dramatically. And it, 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 it slowed down a bit, but it never really... Um, never dropped off completely we've had we've had dry patches i mean after the strike there was a (laughs) (laughs) oh but do you know what the brilliant thing about this place is (laughs) that they are not worried by not quite getting what we're going for before we do it you know what i mean because sometimes our ideas are only partly formed anyway and we're just going to go with a with a a germ of an idea and Mm. see what happens the strike I mean, where else would we be allowed to do that? Do you know where I got that idea from? Should we pull the curtain right? Go on. Let's rip the curtain off its rails. Um, I got... It was Kaufman, wasn't it? It was... No, it was, do you know it wasn't, actually? He wasn't at the forefront of my mind. It was from two places. One, Luke Haynes, who's coming in tomorrow as the um, house band. He had done a pop star strike. And I, and I reread his books, sort of, and he had uh, called for a pop star strike. And he got on um, the Today programme on Radio 4 and all of this, saying, all pop stars should go on strike. But what was the thing was I booked that week off to, to, to go into a cottage in Wales to try and do some writing. It was on the Thursday. And I was driving in, and I was listening to Front Row on Radio 4, and they were talking about this artist that had died. And it was, I think it was the guy the auto-destructive guy that used to smash things up. We saw an exhibition of his, and it was what inspired Pete Townsend to smash his guitars up. I think it was him. And in 1973, he'd called for all artists to go on strike for a month. And I went, ding, I'm having that. And I so I came in, and that's that's what the strike was. But um, it always staggers me the number of people who um, take yeah. it absolutely on face value. Mm. I think we lost a lot of listeners over that. I g- genuinely think people switched off. Mm. Did they not get the message that the strike was off at the end of that week? Did they <laughs> no, think? They, oh, were, yeah. they were annoyed. They thought mm. he was being arrogant. Yeah, you know? the arrogance. It's the arrogance. And th- when we got really low rage, our figures once, and I blamed it all on the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> now, to me, 
That, to me, that's a funny joke. Yeah. That's a really funny joke. But some people took real offence at the... And I'm, this is where yeah, I go, I've, got, I've got certificates. They took real offence at the arrogance. But who gets the most wound up by these things is people within the industry. And you think, come mm. on, mate, mm. come on. Yeah. Mm. You know what the crack is, surely. But they don't. Not. But And also, part, part of it's my problem in that I, I then... I then get upset when people react to it badly, you know, which I guess is another joke in itself. I don't have the Kaufman thing of, of just going completely with it. And uh, Do you think that he always... I don't know whether he always was absolutely confident in what he was doing. No. He no. just didn't talk about it. There just wasn't Twitter for him to vent about it afterwards. No, not... I mean, God, no. Um, but now you're going to the BBC, Ed, yep. Edmundo. Yep. Um, BBC World Service. And Radio 4. And Radio 4. Um, whereabouts are you going to be? Broadcasting, broadcasting house? house? New yeah. broadcasting, broadcasting house? Yes, all the flash gear. It's weird. New and broad- faders that are... Yeah, faders. faders. I mean, it's weird, new broadcasting house. It's very swish. You, you'll bump into my wife at some point, mm. I'm sure, because she works there. But they have all these pods. There's all these pods mm. where you go in and do stuff. So what are you going to be doing, exactly? What some... are you working on? How could, what, what, where will we be able to hear your fingers working their magic? <laughs> you'll be able to hear my fingers all over the place. That sounds really wrong out of context. But again, um, you've been working with us too long. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all over the place. So I'll be working, you know, days, nights, overnights, yeah. weekends, weekdays. So a little bit of everything, which we quite. And nice. that must be. Um, and I, I, let me just take this call because we're we'll taking calls straight to air. Line one, you're on the wireless. Hello, it's uh, Peter from South End. From where? Sorry. South South End. Hello, Peter from South End. Have you called up to? Um... Say, pass on a message of good cheer to Ed? That's exactly what it is meant to be. Okay, well then away you go. Actually, it's, it's David Babcock. I, I've just, I thought I'd, I've been ringing into him much recently, so I thought I'd do a different voice. Um, <laughs> well, good luck, Ed. <laughs> is that, is that it? Hello? No, I just wanted to say, um... Uh, I love it, this show. It's very good, and I like it. <laughs> Are you drunk again two nights in a row? <laughs> Sorry? No. No, 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 no. No, I'm not, I'm not drunk. <laughs> I just... <laughs> He's steaming again! He's... This is... This what is... I... Yeah? Talk to what it, I talk to it, it, David. Hi, hi, I usually do when he, and he says, hello, David Babcock, I'm going to put you through. And I go, yeah, and then we'll take, uh, speak on the line. Ed, where are you going back to New Zealand, are <laughs> When? When? Are you trying to get rid of me already? <laughs> I do not work for customs and deportation. <laughs> are you, are you, David? Making us laugh like girls. Are you possessed, David, or is this actual David? Can David come forward? I usually, I usually do come forward. No, that's a rude joke. Steady, um, steady ca- on, Kath- Kathleen. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry yesterday for saying that thing. You sorry what? I said something very rude by accident when I was singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. It happens. Yes. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst call in nearly 15 years of me hosting phone in radio. That was the worst call I've ever heard in my life. Wow. 
That was awful. <laughs> is he someone us, that's going to bottom that, though? He he made us giggle like girls, though, Ed. Um, let's go to line two. Two, you're on the wireless. Hello. Hello, you're through to Ed. Hi. Hello, Ed. I just rang to say, um, good luck. Thank you. Um, I, I only phoned you a few times. Um, but it was really nice, and I'm sorry that I grasped you up last week. Yeah. And I oh, hope I didn't it's get you. Too much trouble. I can't believe you, you dropped me in it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I forgive you just this once. I'm feeling okay, generous good. tonight. He has to forgive you oh, because of his religious you. background. You see, he has to. For- this is the beauty of that. We can do anything we want. He just has to turn the other cheek and let me strike <laughs> that one as well. <laughs> he has to. It's in his teachings. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good luck, anyway. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Now, here they come. Line three, you're on the wireless. Uh, good evening, Ian. It's Jamie here in the south of England. How are you doing? Good Good evening, Jamie. I'm glad you've narrowed down your coordinates. Um, you're through to Ed. <laughs> yeah, um, I just wanted to say, Ed, uh, good luck for, for the future. Thank uh, you. It's been great to be able to call in and speak to you. And uh, you've always been very... Uh, very friendly on the phone. Sometimes very overexcited. <laughs> um, That's it. it That's it, me. <laughs> yeah, it, it has been quite weird. I think, obviously, because I ring in quite regularly, you've got my name on the screen, and it can be a bit weird when you answer the phone and go, Hi, Jamie, I'm just going to put you through to Ian. No, 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 Jamie, I, I've memorised your number. Yeah. He knows the tone oh, of your well, ring. Oh, yeah, there's no... There's no... Catherine, please. There's no... Um, <laughs> we don't have the names on the screen. It's pure digits. I can see your phone number's got a seven and a zero in. I won't give any more away, but Ed does memorise the numbers. He's a bit weird like that, like the Rain Man. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, thanks thanks for calling, 07. Cheers, man. Uh, let's go to line four. Four-year-old, through to Ed. Hi, I'm just calling up from New Zealand to remind Ed that, um, he, well, we used to live together, and I once had to break into our bathroom to wake him oh, up. No, no, no. Green lycra. Oh, no, no. Oh, this sounds and like he's a he's lying story. on the floor in the bathroom, fast asleep, and it was just green lycra. Earlier on, he had shorts on in the night, but nah, what? just the lycra. John, I am not catching yep. up with you next month when you get over here. <laughs> <laughs> you had yes, to, you, you, you had to break yes, into the bathroom are. to rescue the green goddess. Yeah, he was fast asleep, but I really needed a pee. And he thought there'd be Christmas party, you see. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Here's the thing. If, you, if you'd if both been Australian... Story. You can't deny it. I've just made an expensive phone call from New Zealand mm. to remind him. Well, so. if you'd have both been Australian, you'd have been peeing on his head. So, <laughs> you guys, the fact that you come from a slightly more cultured uh, place... Um, well, well uh, l- 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 when was the last time you saw Ed? But the best bit was, he then woke, when he eventually woke up, he said, OK, I'm going to go around to record now. And it was... It was about two in the morning at this point. He really wasn't. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. This is We've had to break into the toilets here to rescue him. <laughs> They've installed a camera <laughs> in the hallway because someone keeps doing a dirty protest in the uh, in the gentleman's toilets. That's a true story. I wonder if that will cease now you're yeah. going. Uh, well, listen, th- thank you. Thank you for that. Let's go to line five. Five, you're through to Ed. Hello. Hello, Ed. It's CJ. Hey, CJ. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's really, it's really sad that you're leaving, but it's great that you're moving on to better things. Well, different things. Different things. I'm half asleep. <laughs> oh, oh, bloody hell. But um, I did want to come and grass you up, if that's okay. Oh, God, what have I done this time? Is, is this like Dob and Ed Day or something? Yeah, it might as well, eh? It yeah. is. It was uh, the first week uh, James Wales started his show. Mm-hmm. 
And um, Ed was that desperate for callers, he actually inboxed me on uh, Twitter saying, <gasps> Did it? Not on my show. <laughs> I don't recall that. No, you wouldn't, mate. No, CJ you, does. You wouldn't. I do. I can't forget that. Well done, CJ. Thank you well, for that. Well, look at you, CJ. You're now a regular caller, and I don't have to inbox you to say uh, call up. <laughs> I've no, made your no, life no, no, amazing. You no, you did yesterday. You did it again. <gasps> oh, but that was because I wanted you, 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 you emailed about the, your, the James Whale manifesto, and I was mate, like, call him, man. He is, CJ has destroyed you, buddy. <laughs> Good job he, you're going, mate. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys are happy I'm gone now. CJ, thank you for that. He destroyed you. Busted. You must be um, excited, because I got um, a real thrill, and I'm British, right? But I got a real thrill when I got a job at the BBC. Mm. And I'd done bits for the BBC. I, had a, I did a series on BBC One, I remembered. Age, years and years ago, I did a series on BBC One called The Worst Week. And um, uh, they flew me to LA, and I went to the toilets where uh, George Michael got um, found cottaging. And I, anyway, so, but, but, but when I got the job, even though it was, BBC, it was local... Uh, the thrill of having a BBC pass, mm. and it's partly because my dad had worked there, but also it's what the BBC stands for. So that mm-hmm. you know, when it ended badly, the betrayal felt doubly worse. But it was still a thrill to work for the BBC. And as a as a, 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 a foreigner, mm. I would imagine that thrill is um, is massive, isn't it? It's even bigger because you think that the BBC is this massive thing, and it's yeah. so far away as well that you're like, okay, th- this is never really going to happen. This is just a pi- this is just a dream. It will be nice if it happens, but it really is never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and th- yeah, the next thing you know, I'm I'm off there on Friday. See, so, yeah, and you know, we grew up studying this at broadcasting school, and you know, you learnt about the history of the BBC and all inform, educate, entertain, and oh. you know how British broadcasting works like that, and how how the New Zealand model is kind of based a little bit on that. Nation shall speak peace unto nation. I mean, it's a beautiful. Mm. It's, it's based on a beautiful ethos. I yeah. was always really proud to work for them. Well, yeah. Oh, well, it was. It was. Yeah. It's great. Are, my, are your mum and dad still around? Uh, my dad is. Your dad, yeah. and, uh, and uh, he, he must be proud. Yeah, he's he's stoked. How I think he's stoked that I've made it to the UK as well. He just even got on the plane and got over here. How how diff- difficult? You go back. You've been back there. Yeah, back. I went back from mates' wedding last year, and we're looking at visiting next year just for a quick holiday and to catch up with people. Can you do do a quick holiday yeah. to New Zealand? Yeah, Rebecca did uh, five days there. What? I know. She she went back to surprise her dad for her birthday. Five-day trip, really cheap flights. Um, So she's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then five days there, back in time for school term. It's 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 harsh, but it's doable. Well, I suppose it's something special like your dad's birthday. Yeah. Right, Ed, stop talking. We're we're, we're late for a second break. Go and do your job for crying (laughs) out loud, you part-timer. Um... 0344 499 1000. Last 30 minutes of edge. You want to phone in and wish him luck or ask him anything? You're more than welcome to. Um, this is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. It's Edmundo's um, last, uh, last 26 minutes before he goes off to the BBC. And um, uh, goes and does things there. So if you want to, we have Ed in the studio who's joined us. Catherine is here. You can phone in and um, you can um, pass on your messages of Ed. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you've held a grudge against him yeah. this last um, year and a half. And now is probably the last time you'll get to have it out with him. You've got nothing to lose. Nope. He's got nothing to lose. Well, listen, you the can gloves say, are bring it on. You can say what you want. Um, we, we won't hold it against you. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Who's doing his job tomorrow? Do we know? 
Holly. Holly. Oh, Holly. I like Holly. Well, I, I like um, nearly all of the people that, that have stood in, apart from one who's too, way too busy looking at his phone, putting his head down on the desk. No, that, that was me. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> about. It's my fellow who does it. Um, and he just, he's just not, he's just looking at his phone. So he put his head, lay down and put his head down on the desk once. Couldn't believe it. Ollie's brilliant. Um, uh, and so is Emma. And um, John, of course, who I used to work with back at the other place years and years ago. But it's always a weird dynamic because we are such a sort of tight team. Mm. To have someone else in, it's going to be weird. So thanks very much for dropping us in. No worries. But you got used to you. Um, let's. We're just taking calls straight to Ed. Just, you know, want to say hello, goodbye to Ed, whatever you want to phone in and make a silly noise. You're more than welcome to. Let's go to line one. One, you're on the wireless. Hello, Ian. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Ed. Hello. Evening, Kyle. Hey. Evening, you all right? Yeah, good to have you back, man. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I just wanted to say all the best to Ed. Thanks, and, man. Uh, the best of luck in uh, what you do, my friend. Cheers. Well, okay, now, listen, you're being very vague. Uh, do you know any sort of the oh. specific shows? Okay. Uh, no, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's, there's no specific show. It's right. news programmes. Right, okay. Um, you're but... going to work with my wife. I know it. I'm sure you will. She works on... Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. See she around. works on yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I will be studio manager, which is basically tech op. Yeah. Um, so pressing the buttons, firing off the audio. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of the job, which I'm training up for, is studio director. So it's kind of like being a studio producer, but without the editorial control, basically. So I provide options to the editorial producer, okay. who will then make the call about what to move and what to put in well, if something falls through or whatever. But the brilliant thing about the BBC is that once you're in, you'll see things that you want to do and yeah, they'll train yeah, you yeah. up that way. So, you you know, there's so many options. And also, there. going in with ideas, you go in with ideas and you, you know... You, oh, you... And having been a one-man band, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there are people that have got very trained, you know, but in a specific thing. But it would blow their mind to know that you've been in charge of programmes on your own and pressing the buttons, mm. you know what I mean? Because it yeah. just doesn't happen there. It'll be all right, won't it, Kyle? It'll do all right. <laughs> Well, it, it's strange because I did uh, I did a little two week placement, and uh, it is very strange. Uh, if you're used, and Catherine will get this, if you're used to doing everything, yeah, mm. to watch somebody do something to like trigger something on the floor, so the uh, mic light comes on, very geeky, but it's just very strange. And I never forget when I went from um, from Absolute, where it was me and Eloise to the breakfast show at Three Counties. And there were, th- at that time, they, they, they slimmed it down a bit by about five people. But at the start, there were 13 people working on that breakfast show throughout the whole day. So you had people during the day. But there were um, there were about five people working on the show during the show. Remember, there was some, there was two yeah. people upstairs yeah, doing yeah, yeah. stuff. It was the way, I'll never forget, one, one day, my producer, Laura, um, she said, right, um, one person hasn't turned up, but we're gonna we're gonna be okay. We're, and I'm thinking, mate, I've, I could do. I, there were some shows at Absolute where um, I sent Eloise home and I did it on my own. I just did it on my own, you know, which was completely against the rules. But we mm. can do it. But the thing was, the emphasis was always on breakfast, wasn't yeah. it? And it always had been at Three Counties. I've been there since what? I, just after I qualified, so it's 2000. I was there for for 15 years, and breakfast was always really heavily manned. Meanwhile, I was given drive time yeah. after doing like one program on a weekend um drive time every day and i would self-produce it it was just me and there was a girl next door who would answer the phones but she used to leave before i'd finished and she'd arrived just as i went on so there was no interaction whatsoever it's nuts what we're saying is ed and Catherine, i don't need either of you suckers okay uh with what faders (laughs) 
Carl, nice to hear your voice again, mate. Thank you very much. Let's go to line five. Five, you're on the wireless. Hello. Hello. Hey, Ian. It's Paul here. How are you? I'm very well, Paul. How are you? Not too bad. I, I'm ringing in on, on behalf of, uh, of my son, Wilson, to oh. say goodbye to and oh. good luck to Ed. Oh. There you go, you see. Go on, then. Well, I just, uh, did I just do it? Um... I think I just did it. I think it's well. Let, let's ask the man in question. Ed, did he just do it? He, he kind of did it. Do you feel like he said goodbye? I, I feel I could hear it again. Oh, okay. okay. So, so Wilson, he's well in bed by now. But I know that he he used to ring in quite a lot. He's taking a bit of a break uh, from uh, from the phone and radio at the moment. Yes. But he always loved speaking to Ed. Oh. So I know that he would have loved to. Uh, to have had the chance to say thank you and good luck and best wishes and farewell. Well, um, so I thought I'd do it on on his behalf. Well, Paul, Thanks, uh, thank you for that and send That's out good. send our love to the boy. Of course, let's go to. Um, yeah, why is I can see more? Wilson doing your job in about ten years' time. Oh, in maybe about five. ten minutes' time. <laughs> um, here we go. This will be good. Line six, you're on the wireless. I'd like to sing a song, Fred. Please, I bet you would. Go on. <laughs> oh, Ed. You're my favourite guest. Oh, Ed, I'm imagining you with breasts. Oh. <laughs> you, you jumped before you pushed. <laughs> You've caved. Hey, Ed, are you shaved? <laughs> OK, thanks very much. That's great. Thanks very much indeed. Well, how many more minutes uh, till I get a, get get out of here? Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going <laughs> to. You stay there. I'm going to go to the break. No, but I, uh, you, oh, you know no that? pressure. Do you know what to press? Yeah, I can work it out. It's, you know which one's the you mics introduce, are? You introduce the, the break. Uh, so you are listening to the late night alternative with Ian Lee. Kath is here in the studio with I me. I am, yeah. And I am not Ian, but I'm Ed. Uh, pronounced Ed, spelt I D. Uh, we'll be back after the break. Give us a call. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Seriously, Ed, his computer is right there. I know, I totally could. Can you get that bed for us? Save the bed. It's on your right. That one. There, there we go. go. There we go. Uh, you're listening to the late night alternative with yeah. uh, me. Oh, he's found the mic in the air. Yeah, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just going to do some back counting so I know when the out time is. Don't you guys carry okay, on. Cool. Uh, late night alternative with uh, Ian Lee. I'm not Ian. I'm Ed. Mm. Uh, Catherine is here in the studio with me. I am, yeah. Uh, Ian is through the, gla- through the glass. On the wheels of steel. <laughs> How, what button do I press to make the music stop? You don't. You just take the fader right down. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay, then. there we go. You, you carry on, guys. Just going to do a little bit of uh, maths here. Good luck. <laughs> um, if you do want to call in, uh, the number is 0344. You've got a call on... Um, oh, I'll, 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 I can put it through, can I? There we go. Um, uh, um, oh, is it not touch screen? No, it's not touch screen. You've okay. got to use a mouse. Okay. Um, is, this, is there someone there? <laughs> nope. <laughs> How do I make a phone call? It's oh, the far Ed. right ones. The far right, yeah, I know. That's Julia Hartley Brewer show. Um, <laughs> and you just bring them up. Ed, are you there, caller? I'm here. There we Hello. go. Hello, line one. Who's this? Hello. It's Alan. Hello, Alan. How you doing? Jeez. I'm doing all right, Ted. How are you? That's good. I'm doing good. What do you, what do you got for us? Well, I'm just 
uh, come on to say bye-bye to you and uh, good luck in the new job. Oh, thanks, man. It's been... Yeah, it's cool. It's been awesome, and it's been awesome to chat to you guys, uh, you know, as you've called in, as I've quickly said, I'll quickly call you back and then hang up on you. That's always been a bit of a thrill. Thrill for me. Yeah, it's been cool. Been cool, man. Where are you, Alan? It sounds... Where where are you, Alan? It sounds very echoey. Are you down some sort of well? Uh, No, I'm I'm just uh, in my car at the moment. I've just finished work. You have a very echoey car. Massive. Yeah. <laughs> is, is your car like made bad? in a bathroom or something? Uh, no, it's a it's a C Max. It's it's a big thing, so it's got plenty of echo in it. Oh, blimey! Well, congratulations <laughs> on that. With 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 respect, guys, I go out of the studio for for five minutes, right, doing your job perfectly yeah. and your job, but yet you're both killing the vibe of the show. Have you heard how echoey his car yeah, is? Yeah, I don't care. You are, do you ask me? Is your car made in a bathroom? The question mean, doesn't make any va- sense whatsoever. Even if it were made in a bathroom, why would that make the car echoey? You muppet. See, this is why I'm on the sorry, other side Alan. Of the I'm really sorry, Alan. I'm not. It's all right, it's all right, Ian, I don't mind, mate. Well, I'm going to cut you off, because you killed the vibe as well. I think the out time is 57.13. Does that sound about right? That yeah. sounds about right. Do you want me to go triple check no, it? No, of course I don't. Okay. Of course I don't. 57.13, this show ends. And the and then news... it's Because <laughs> <laughs> you got it wrong the other night, and, um, uh, or so, maybe it was Holly. Wouldn't it be me? I never get this one wrong. Talk Sport did the talk up to the news at one o'clock. <gasps> Those guys. Um, 0344 499 is the telephone number. Last ten minutes of Ed's, uh, working with us, uh, which is very exciting. I, yeah, I, I occasionally go on Radio 4, and it's, it's, oh, it, that, that is the most exciting thing, because to mm. me, Radio 4 is proper. That's like uh, the, the, the real stuff. Radio. Yeah, it's proper radio, and I'll, I'll be honest, I've been trying for years to get a job. <laughs> I've done bits and pieces there, but I'd love to get a job there. That would be fun. Line one, you're on the wireless. You're through to Ed. Hello, Ed. It's Habiba. Hey, Habiba. Hey. How you doing? I'm fine, thank you. I want to ask you a question before you leave. Okay. What's the thing you're going to miss most about working with... Oh. About working with what? She's self-bleeping. Are you, <laughs> sen- <laughs> Are you censoring yourself? No, sorry, I pressed pause by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, the timing was perfect. But I didn't hear anything. It bleeped as though you were, uh, you'd sworn. So <laughs> give us the question again, oh. sans bleep. Okay. What's the thing you're going to miss most about working with Ian and Catherine? Bleep, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to miss the bleep and the bleep. No, I'm, I'm going to miss the fun. There's so much. This show is so fun to work on, compared to a lot of other shows I've worked yep. on in the past. Yep. I think that's the thing I'm really going to miss. Yeah. See, we're fun, Habiba. We're fun. You will have fun. Definitely. Okay. Poor old Ed. I just think that maybe I don't know. Are you twisting his arm there? No, he's on the other he's side. He's quite cruel to him. He, he does. Um, it's like those. Um, you remember when um, those American pilots um, crash landed in Iran? And those videos. What was the name of that guy? The American guy. Really famous. Late 80s, early 90s. G- 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 Captain. Really famous. But it's like that. It's, it's, we're, we're off camera. We're off mic with a rifle <laughs> trained on his temple. And, um, no, of course we're not. We're a fun place. What was the name of that? Remember that? Uh, c- c- Captain. C- jo- John. I want to say John Hammond. That's not right. Really famous. You know, the Iranian. 
it, it was it no it was it, they were sailors they were sailors and they sailed into iranian waters it's happened a couple of times this was the famous one and um they, they got taken and um, had to make loads of videos going we really like it here in iran we think it is a nice place it is better than your it is better than america iran up until 1979 was the playground of the rich and the famous it was the place to go to um to, to have a good time to smoke the hookah and sleep with women and, and experience those things even when it was um eddie shah that ran it not eddie shah he founded today the first newspaper in color the shah mm -hmm. i'm talking about the shah of iran yeah because my neighbors <clears throat> when i was a little kid in manchester up at the end of the cul-de-sac there were there was an iranian family yep. shanaz and we used to go and ask her if she'd we used to go and knock on the door and say shanaz palibazi we learned how to say is shanaz playing out oh and we, and her parents were brilliant. Wow. But there was her, and she had a, a niece. It was the, seemed weird to us at the time. We'd never sort of encountered a family like that before, this big extended family. A niece who was older than her, but only by a year, and she was only about five <clears> or six. <throat> and her brother and his wife were living in the house. There was loads of them living in the house, and it turns out that they'd fled Iran because they were high up with the Shah, yeah. and they were being persecuted. There's a really good film starring the new Batman. Okay. Been here for a Thank you. No, thank you. There was waiting <clears throat> for the details. Um, based on a true story about some Americans who were stuck in Iran when the revolution happened. Ben Affleck and, and Brian Cranston are in it. And the way to get them out... It's a brilliant film, actually. This is Argo. Argo. Uh, Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah, the, the, it's good. The, way they, it's true story, the way to get them out was they had to pretend they were making a movie in Iran, and then they would kind of smuggle them out. It's a cracking film. Amazing. Cracking film. Let's go to line uh, four. Four, you're on the wireless. Hey, I just wanted to ask Ed a quick question. Of course you can. Um, how does it feel to lose the game? Ah, oh, John... This is John is destroying you. I, know. I like John. I wish John had called him more over the past 18 months. <laughs> he's destroying you. He waits till you're down, then he sticks the boot yeah. in again. Yeah. What, game, what game is it that he's lost, John? I'll let Ed explain. Anytime you think Be of the game, yeah, you've lost the game. Oh, one of those. Yeah, yeah so w w basically we've all lost the game and anyone listening to the show has also but lost the game. But hang on, hasn't John lost the game? Yeah, John's lost the game as well. he started thinking about the game. He thought about the game first. Doesn't he lost matter, it's it my me. birthday. I'm exempt from losing the game. Happy birthday, John. Thanks, man. Happy birthday, John. I wish you'd been working with us the last 18 months <laughs> instead of this slacker. The game. So hang on a minute, but if he if he mentions the game... He's also lost it. Basically, no one ever wins the game. I like games like that. I like games like that. The monkeys used to have a game they would play called Killers. And what they would do... Because they would get bored. You know, it would be really boring being a pop star. So they would do this thing. If um, they were really bored... And they would, one of them would, would pull out a fake gun, their fingers. And if they pointed at you and shot you, you had to do the most overly dramatic death. And you, you had to do it, whether you were being interviewed or you were filming a scene or you were on, co on stage in concert. You had to do it. Um, and uh, it sounds like this is a similar thing. Yeah. Less, less embarrassing. Less embarrassing and, and not involving, you know, very dramatic no. moves. It's just a... You've lost the game. Uh, line two, you're through to Ed. Hi, Ed. I just wanted to say goodbye. 
and good luck. Oh, thanks. Goodbye. 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 Nice to oh, chat. Wait, wait, it's, it's Matt in Swindon. I called a few times. Oh, nice to chat with you. That's all right. <laughs> I, just, I just thought I'd just, just give you a quick call. I've been, been wanting to call you all night, been really nervous, and then I thought, no, I've got to do it. Oh, yeah, well, you did. Yeah. Done brilliantly, Nat. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I, we've got, we've got, according to this, we've got um, three minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that counting was never my strong suit, but... <laughs> Um, if you only hear half the news, you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, there's bad things going on. But no one, no, I'm, I'm, I, no one's called in to um, uh, say they're glad you're going. Mm. Well, James James Whale hasn't called in yet. Yeah, yeah. James Whale's a, a funny man, isn't he? <laughs> He's a strange gentleman. It um, it has been a pleasure working with you uh it has been a joy you have fitted into i know it is always weird when you are joining a team that is already established as Catherine and myself have been mm-hmm. um but we think you i i can't speak for that. i feel that you have fitted in very well i have enjoyed working with you i apologize if i raised my voice any time and i probably have done a couple of times because i'm an idiot um but you've been brilliant. You've been absolutely brilliant. I've loved it. I've loved it. It was great. You know, from from kind of day one, I I remember taking Kath to one side, saying, mm, "He's good. We can have fun with this guy." Yeah. You know, meaning we can relax and we can we can involve you in the show uh, and exclude you from bits of the show when it's in a. You know, we mm. we knew that you were going to be a, a, an integral part of the team. I think you're brilliant, and um, you you're efficient, but you have that sense of fun. You've always been. Oh, so positive, so positive, and sometimes we need that, you know, mm. to counterbalance all. <laughs> um, but you're, you know, you've been an absolute pleasure to work with. I'm really sorry you're going. I know I've sworn at you several times about leaving, but I think it's going to be brilliant for you, and I can't wait to see you shine Thanks, as you guys. will. It's, it's been it's been awesome working with you. I mean, you know, it's it's always hard joining a team and to work with such a such an amazing team as you guys. Um, you know, it, it's been nothing but a joy over the last year and a bit. Um, I'm going to miss it. Okay. Oh, you're bummed. No, that um, <laughs> that patting on the back has finished. It's finished a bit early. Oh, okay. Um, we have about another minute and thirteen seconds to fill. I was kind of hoping. I happen to know that Ed's got a particularly fine voice. Oh, beautiful! What as a, a singing voice? Yeah. Oh, okay. What do you What do you want me to? Give us a snatch. Oh, Catherine. <laughs> Um, I'm leaving the studio to... to um, you know where the button is? Oh, I know the button. The you button. know where the Let's faders are? Go. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, what? All right. Um, oh. You know when you put on the spot and you can't and you can't think of that song that you just had in your head two seconds ago? Um, so I'm just going... Ave Maria Grazia plena. I've forgotten the rest of the words. It's something in Latin or maybe Italian. How many more seconds do I have to keep singing the song? Ah, I've even forgotten the tune right now. I'm making it up as I go along. Okay. Pick up your phone and talk radio. We'll get you talking. 